Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Welcome to Drinking Bros, presented by GhostBed.com. Sit back, relax, and grab a fucking drink. Welcome to Drinking Bros, kids. We are live from FedEx Field at the Commanders versus Vikings game. Let me stop you right there. Redskins. No, no. The Redskins. No, we don't do that anymore. Yeah, we do. D'Anthony, we don't do that anymore, I'm okay? It. I'm doing it right now. We don't do it anymore. Yeah. Scott Davidson, what do we do? Do we call Redskins or no? Uh, if you look at 80% of who's walking around the stadium right yeah. now, they are wearing Redskins gear. They are. So... I would say majority rules in the stadium. <laughs> it's democracy, man. It's fair enough. Yeah, if we're going to do this whole everyone get out and vote, if they voted today for sure. what the name should be, sure. 80% of the And look, they're even cheering for the name right oh, now. Oh, they, they are. Redskins. You heard they are. Cheering. So 100%, I, you know, it's the Redskins. Look, you hooked us up with this suite. Again, we're live from FedEx Field. It's been amazing. Uh, you, you've had a suite here for years at this point. And a uh, ton of people in the stadium today. Tell everybody what, what it was for. Well, it was uh, today was a salute game. Very important game, obviously. Um, so, I mean, football's great, don't get me wrong, but we're here, obviously, to honor anybody who served our country. Um, and we had a, it was a great group of people here, which I'm sure they're going to be on your show. You're going to have a whole bunch of folks. So Medal of Honor recipient Matt Williams was uh, our guest, and he was also honorary captain and did the, the coin toss, and now he's... You know, he's going to be over, uh, he's over with the ownership now. And just, we have an eclectic group here. We had, I know General Mahalan's here, um, you know, Jesse Clay here, Navy SEAL, uh, who happens to be Muhammad Ali's nephew. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's just a group, great group of folks. I mean, almost every kind of, really, if we look at different branches, we have a good mm-hmm. representation today. 48 people total between the two branches. Most of it's uh, soft uh, folks and a couple other things. But yeah, this is a, it's a good day because it, it's important, right? So the reason it's important is, um, and I'm sure if, if Jason Wright, uh, you get a chance to talk to him later on, um, he'll tell you, we're trying to bridge the, the divide between the military and civilian divide, especially through something like the NFL, which is so powerful. And we've seen that. Friday, we had a great opportunity. Dan was out there. Um, we took a senior enlisted advisor to chairman, Joint Chiefs of Staff. We had Tim Kennedy. We had Matt Williams, Dan. We took a whole bunch of great folks, and they were. we spent the day with the team, essentially, um, and trying to ingratiate himself. Coach Rivera was wonderful. He spent a lot of time with us. And then we had a great luncheon with uh, Mrs. Snyder and uh, Jason Wright. So it was, it's, a, it's been a good salute week for us. And Ron Rivera does a lot with the military, actually, because he was the old Carolina Panthers coach when we were there and all that stuff. Um, he's been great for the organization. Organization. Right now, you're on a two-game win streak, potentially three. We'll see how this game shakes out today. True. But uh, it's been good. Are you worried about new management, new ownership, and all that stuff? Well, here, here's what I can say. Um, I think 
I think whatever happens, right, and I'll, I'll try to be correct here, whatever happens, eventually the team will net out to be better for it, right? Mm-hmm. I've seen them through every possible change in the last now almost decade I've been with the team, whether through a premium partner or uh, just as a, as, a, as a, you know, not a fan, but just, again, premium partner with the team. We've seen so many changes. I've yeah. gone through Shanahan. I've gone through Gruden. I've gone th- – I mean, you talk about that. I've gone through more quarterbacks than I don't even know. I can't even count anymore. And the fact oh, – listen, if I was here when fucking Mark Sanchez was hiking the ball – Oh, boy. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> right? Like, Mark Sanchez, dude. They literally – he was on the beach. If I know the – he was on vacation on the beach somewhere when they called him, like, hey, you need to suit up. So, yeah. that – if you want to see, like, can anything get better? Yes, because I had to live through that part of the season. Yeah, I, I, I'll say that. Um, real quick, you want a good Ron Rivera story? Let's go. What do you got? Ron Rivera story. What do you got? All right, so everyone should know Ron Rivera is a Super Bowl champ with the with the famous Chicago Bears. Sure, right? Eighty five Bears. Eighty five Bears, and so he tells a great story. I was with him one time. We were at a luncheon, and he was telling me the story. He's like, "Well, let's talk about the the Super Bowl shuffle." Okay, so what happened is they had a Monday night game that they had just won. And they found out when they were getting on the plane, you know how it is, it's a late game, so when they fucking fly back, it's gonna be late, right? Sure. But they had a, the shoot time was 8 a.m. the next morning, right? So what happens is, they're like, oh my, they, I think they got home at 3.30 in the morning. And so if you watch the video, all of the stars, like Walter Payton, and especially, uh, what's the McMahon, they're not, they're never seen in the actual shot with everybody else because they said, fuck it, we ain't going in, it's too early, right? Yeah. So they actually had to shoot it later with them, and then they had to be put into the thing because they wouldn't go. But the best part about the story is, so they do the thing, Dick didn't, had no idea, he said, they had no idea because they would never have sanctioned it. So it comes out all over the fucking, you know, the news, you know, everyone remembers then, this, the, the worst fucking thing ever. Yeah. And Dick comes in like fucking bright red man into the team room, right? Everyone's around. He walks over to the table. He fucking flips it. And he's like, all right, you motherfuckers. Now you have to win the goddamn Super Bowl. And then he walks out, and he never said anything after that. He goes, the pressure, and later on, he said, the pressure's on you for doing such a stupid thing. How could you possibly lose after that? And it's true. It's true. Well, it's true. It's hard to believe Mike, Mike Ditka was mad about something. <laughs> he, he's a very gentle yeah. soul. I yeah. agree with you. He he's, sure is. A lot By the empathy. way, these fans still give a shit about this team. Like, even though it's just kind of mediocre, like, we were here super early getting ready to set up and everything else. Yeah. Tailgates were going off. Oh, yeah. Everybody was ready. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the, the makeup. Makeup's a lot. A lot of people in heavy makeup, dudes and girls, getting ready for the game. You've had to have seen it all here at this point. What's the craziest shit you've ever seen in this stadium? Oh, my God. (laughs) Well, uh, besides the sewage pipe breaking and spilling all over everybody or someone dying when they were walking out to see Jalen Hurts last season? No way. When they got sued. Uh, I mean, Did he that? die? Did they die? He didn't die. He got really hurt. So when he was walking in the tunnel. Oh, yeah. It collapsed. Yeah. It yeah. collapsed. And he falls hard. Jalen Hurts actually had to run over and get the guy. He falls into the tunnel. That was pretty interesting. Or uh, it was actually right over there. I forgot where, we, where we're sitting. Uh, a sewage pipe broke and spilled shit all over an entire section oh, of Oh, God, dude. It might have been two seasons ago. And they got, like, saturated. In shit? In shit and piss. What do you do at that point? You finish out the game? I think you finish the game out, right? I mean, that's like, 
maybe I don't know what they did to compensate him either. Like that's I'm trying to think about what it was, but like it wasn't a little bit. It was like a whole fucking section, dude. Yeah. You could go if anybody Google's this online that on, go look up like sewage pipe break during game. Covered you'll in see shit. How bad it is. Like yeah. this video of it, and dude, it's covered in fucking shit. Covered in shit. I mean, my God, man! I don't think you get worse than that. I don't know. I, I'd love to see how they compensated them, but I'm not sure how they did it. Are they trying to get a new stadium here? So. All right, 2027, the lease is up for the stadium. Right? Okay. And where we're at right now is they've been looking for land. Uh, there's a several there's, there's several like surveys that they're doing for the current place. They haven't determined where it's going to be. But let's be also be the reality of what's happening. You can't build a stadium in the time we have left. It's not going to happen. Right. Because it's impossible. Even if they get the land permits today, yep. they're not going to be ready to do, open a stadium in 2027 on land lease. Right. So there will be a new stadium. I think that they're going to have to extend here by at least mm. a year and then go from there. I, I just don't see how you'll make that deadline. But there will be a new stadium. I have seen... Well, they're not, they're not even going to get a land deal done until the management changes, right. ownership changes. So. Yeah, yeah, that's why. So the, the other wrinkle is the ownership change, right, potential. So that's going to change everything. I will tell you this, though. I've seen the mock-up. They show me what it's going to look like. Yeah, it looks nice. It looks beautiful. Like, if you think about L.A. and SoFi, it's going to be close to that. It's, it it's looks a lot be- better than that bullshit they're building in Tennessee. That looks, oh. that looks like a fucking community college or something. I saw that. Um, it looked like a Top Golf. Yeah, it sucks. The, like the mock-up drawings look like a Top Golf. Obviously, you'll never know. Right. Um, but I think at this point, everybody's switching over to, to domes, and uh, you know, weather's always an issue. The field here has always been an issue. Yes. Uh, especially with injuries and everything else. Like, uh, yeah. Forever. And I, yeah, it's, it's, it's always I hear some of the other players that come here. They're worried, always worried about the field with injuries. Yeah, like it's a common thing that that happens here. A lot of people get hurt here more than most of their stadiums. It's just a tough field to play on the way it's actually turfed. Yeah, out. he actually got AIDS. On I the did. Field. So yeah. when we were down you the field like, before the I game, saw that. Yeah, I got AIDS. Uh, I, I got AIDS. Um, and, I, and I asked the guy. I said, "Hey, um, I walked in pretty healthy and I'm married and all that other yeah. stuff." And he goes, uh, "Oh, it's the field conditions. You have AIDS now." It makes sense. Like the one thing you don't get here is COVID, but you do get AIDS. AIDS. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah, got it. I, I should. I, and I didn't tell everybody that. Well, I'm sorry, but if you wear a condom when you come in, whether right. you're hard or not. Yep. Um, yeah, it does make a difference. That's the only thing. So give yourself a little protection next time. Well, it's time. too late now. Yeah, I mean, I can't help you, but, like, it's hit or miss. Like, it's one out of three, so me and Dan were okay. Yeah. I'm sorry that you have AIDS. Yeah, I wore No, a, and it's fine. I wore right. condom and butt plug. Yeah. Just to, for, for safety. I, yeah. Right? See, that's the difference. He planned better. Sure. Yeah. You know, you really have An ounce of prevention is worth a pound of AIDS. Clearly. It is. Everybody says that. It is. And by the way, if, if you're listening to this show and you hear uh, loud cheering or screaming in the background, we're in the middle of a live game in the suite yeah. here. So this is actually going on. Uh, but I have a feeling this screaming and cheering is going to go on Tuesday in this town when we have midterms. And it's going to be a lot louder than this. Are you watching that at all, boy? You so, just put your hand in your in your face there. So I will tell you, it's, I live in Loudoun County, which is like the fucking like ground zero for what people mostly is on almost every news channel out there. Yep. Because of what happened with the with the schools, and you know, it kind of set the tone for the rest of the nation and the ridiculousness of what occurred. Um, I voted early, uh, just because I'm same. Like, we wanna, but I will out. tell you though, I had a line of people. So did I, I. It was crazy. I, we were in line for about an hour, um, and I we live. Dan and I live in a small town where it's just like it's outside of Austin. Yeah. Um, so I, I was shocked. I was like, all right, I'm in, I'm in Dripping Springs, and so I yeah. was out there, and I was like, God damn. And I turned to the there's a woman and an older gentleman behind me, and I go. Have you guys ever seen a line this long? And they were like, we've never seen a line this long. And I said, what do you think it is? Do you think it's Republicans voting or, or Democrats? 
Well, I think I think that's what it is, right? I think if everyone looks at what happened in 2020, I think, and the record numbers turn out to vote there. Yeah. I think. Um, listen, Virginia's the state, right? We saw what happened when Governor Youngkin got elected. Mm-hmm. We turned the state from a very deep blue state. I mean, that, that carried Biden to uh, obviously a very red state to have Governor Yunkin, which was an incredible feat. So if we see what they did, and again, it was the most people ever voted in Virginia came out that time. Right. They're doing it again, right? Wow. So we're looking at that type of thing, and we just have local uh, district race for us, for the congressional. Um, guy's name is uh, Hung Kao. He's actually uh, was a special operator, too. He was a Navy guy. Hung Kao? Yeah, I swear to God. You can't make that up. So it's, I love putting Hung Kao. I sure you do. No, I just got and say the name for me one more time just so Hung I know it. Cow. There can it I is. get that with a side of fried rice? There it is, yeah. Apparently, yeah, so you can't. I said it right, too. I could have said it wrong, but yeah, Hung Cow. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, but from that perspective, I see that more. In fact, that was interesting, too. When we were there, what I did see was um, more Republicans. Like, they have like all the people like volunteer yeah. to help standing outside. But I was mobbed. Hey, you want to see a about like fucking 20 of them? Like, yeah. And one, one Democrat dude on the side. And I'm like, all right, well, I mean, it clear. But it was like that, too, with the governor's race. So I feel like the voter turnout is it's just a, it's going to be records because people give a shit. Because let's be honest, a Dan can do this all the time. How many people used to care about a fucking school board election? Oh, yeah. Five years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, look at it that way. How many people? Ah, fuck, he's running. How many people would care about that? They did it. Now it matters, especially with the way these assholes are in my kids school i know what my kids growing up with this shit yeah it's ridiculous what's going on so you know and here's something i want to say this is an important thing i see these commercials and everyone like listen it's not that i don't care it's like i have an issue with whatever you're doing in your life so that's fine my kid is five and eight right the only thing they cared about today was having cake and drawing pictures right and oh my god daddy when's my little pony coming out yep there's no other fucking agenda you want to know why because they're kids and you should keep the innocence of a kid as long as you have because they it it just it's an important thing i 100 agree my i got four and eight and a newborn and it's it's the same thing where i've never been asked about sexuality gender nothing it's like hey dad can i have candy that's it hey are we gonna go to the movies hey are we gonna hang out we're gonna play baseball soccer whatever that's it I've never Does been asked like about any unicorn. of that shit. Does this look like a unicorn? Oh, my God. This is my favorite movie. My kids watched Gremlins the other night, and they were like, this is the greatest thing in the world. And yeah. I'm like, but it's, it's, it just doesn't make any sense that you need to think. Well, here's the other thing I personally believe, and this is the only thing. Until you have a kid, it's very, unless you've been in a bad situation, and I will say this. Like, let's say you were an abused kid. You understand the importance of why you maintain that innocence for a kid. Yeah. Right? Because once it's fucking robbed from you, it's never coming back. And you can also never get your childhood back. That's right. So that's what, it. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Like, this is the fucking, like, the, the, the greatest times for these kids. And if you keep them safe, it's what matters. And if you have the audacity to sit there and say, you know, shame on you for, for oh, I don't want this. I go, dude, no, I care about my fucking kids, man. Like, yeah. that's my job as a parent. It's not your job. You're not my kid's parent. So shut the fuck up and get out of my goddamn kid's life because it's none of your goddamn business. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. So anyway, I just, I know we went off. I agree. And, I, and my guess is that long line where I was at is for the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. And that's my hope, at least. We'll find out on Tuesday. Uh, Dan and I are doing a live show for midterms. We'll be on all nights okay. uh, for Drinking Bros. So we'll be able to see in live time. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's fascinating uh, to see what's happening because, I mean, look, in a city like this, Tuesday night's going to be fucking madness here. So It, it is going to be madness. And I remember it always is kind of like madness. It's funny, too, because there's always like a major event. 
um, there's always a major event. They scored. There's always yeah. a major event um, that takes place. Like I remember when Trump was running for president on that 16th, we had a major team event. Ryan, Ryan Kerrigan, who was playing at the time, he held this big uh, golf thing at Top Golf. I remember it was uh, that night. It just seems like it's a weird thing. There's always like a big thing that happens around that time with the team. Yeah. I don't know if it's a plan, but it's just the way it always goes. So I'm looking forward to what's going to turn out. Um, and it's. I, I hope there's it clearly lets people understand what people really think in this world and not a bunch of people who have the access to the internet who can scream like a bunch of babies. It's just simply, you know, it's the old saying, right? The loudest person in the bar is the weakest. It yeah. just happens to be the biggest bar in the world is the fucking social media internet. Yeah. And there's a bunch of loud people and they're a bunch of numb nuts, and that's really what it comes down to. Yeah, and it, it, it'll be fascinating on, on Tuesday. We'll Can't find wait. out. In the meantime, uh, we are grateful for the invite today Absolutely. and the hospitality. Uh, we're live from the suite because of you. We went down to the field, hung out with some of the players. Uh, it's been an absolute blast. Scott, tell everybody uh, where they can find you and, uh, and help out your organization and everything. Obviously, you've been on numerous times for Burbiz and everything else. Uh, tell everybody at home and remind the people. So, yeah, real quick, um, if for, from our nonprofit perspective, absolutely come out to Burbiz, Burbiz.com. And then uh, we're doing another thing, which I, I would be remiss not to say. We're holding, like, this is going to be our sixth one. It's a military food market. We're holding it at Andrews on December 7th. Taylor Heineke is actually going to make an appearance on that one for us. And we're going to, it's a, a terrible we have to even do this, but we have to feed enlisted families. And we're going to be feeding enlisted families uh, because. Just did one of these with Black Rifle yeah. in San Antonio yeah, about yeah. three weeks yeah. ago, I believe. We just did this. Evan yeah. came out, Matt came out, JT, Jay, everyone came out for that. But the reality is that over 40% now of active duty enlisted are on fucking food stamps and or food insecure, I should say, right? And it's terrible. The stories that we're hearing, I have this woman, again, it's, it seems to be the same scenario every time. She came up, she had uh, uh, you know, a two-year-old on her arm and an eight-month-old in her, uh, her stroller, and she's married to an E4, and both kids are in cloth diapers. And she's like, I can't afford diapers. I can't afford baby wipes for my kids. Yeah. And she goes, I have, it's that or I feed them. And so I have to wash a cloth diaper th you know, twice a day so I can get my kids to keep them healthy and sanitary. Well, I mean, what do you do? It's, it's insane that we're here. And it's, inflation has made it so much worse. But nobody's talking about that. So come out if you need it listen it's not don't think it's a handout don't think it's anything else if you know somebody on december 7th it's going to be at the common center on joint base andrews it's free we don't charge anybody anywhere come see taylor heineke we're giving out toys for the kids um we're giving out obviously free food we're giving out food packs diapers kids clothing sneakers everything you can think of to help them out and um just it's a part of it right we're here to support each other and don't think that it's a handout and it's a bad thing that you come to this Awesome. So we'll see everybody there. Awesome. Hey, uh, thanks again. We appreciate the hospitality. We've had a blast here in Washington. And we'll see, we'll see if they can get this dub today. All right. Fingers crossed. You guys are going to have a great day. And I, and I always appreciate everything you do, especially Dan and Ross. And thank you for coming out. Absolutely. Cheers. We appreciate it. Thank you. All right, gentlemen. Good night. Kids, we got a fan fave joining us here. Bert Koontz is in the suite. Piece of shit, dude. My God, dude. We were trying to hang out with you yesterday, and you were too busy shopping Whatever. in Georgetown, in Georgetown like some kind of uppity piece of shit. Ugg, these are Uggs for men. Oh, are they? Yeah. Those are nice. Those are nice boots, Ross. How about yeah. you? Yeah, 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 yeah. For you. No, I'm seeing all the boots. I'm wearing some uh, <laughs> some red uh, uh, New Balances here because mine. 
still have not come from they're Bison Texas, Union. They're on the factory line. They're waiting to be made right now. Mercedes, <clears throat> this is a lie Mercedes, that will go on the rest of my life. Mercedes, Texas. They're just waiting on one piece of leather that... Uh, it's, Where's the leather coming from? A fucking a space penguin, cow or somewhere? It's penguin penis. Oh. It's really hard to get. <laughs> but that's going to be the buffalo on your boots, buddy. Who killed JFK? Oh, that's a, the CIA by far Oh, away. yeah, big time. Okay. CIA, yeah. I've, I've I don't actually, know the exact person, but it wasn't Lee Harvey Oswald. There's so the no reason way. I'm asking this is yeah. I don't know who the exact person is who's going to make me these boots. And we're going to get the same answer out of you as who killed JFK. Because these really boots have been an unsolved mystery for years, friends. Mark for my years. words because one of your shitbag fans or listeners <laughs> messages as me at least once a week. I get probably a dozen a month. Ross wants his boots. And then I get about 30 comments a week. Ross's boots, Ross's boots. Yeah. I'll get you your boots 2023. Is the year of Ross's boots? I promise. That's not gonna happen. Okay, and that's a promise. Pinky. All right. You know what I pinky it. You know what I did here though. Pinky promise. Something that's real. What? Uh, Something about you, actually. Oh God. Which is that you like to eat your pussy from behind. Oh, dude, don't even start. What? That's what I heard. I'm. I'm. Is that not true? Is it not true, Bert? What, Bert? Yes or no? Yes or no? I lead a simple, honest, decent life. I wake up in the morning, I chop wood, uh-huh. I go to the gym, Sure. I go to work, I go to the grocery store, I go home, and I spend time with my girlfriend and her son. That's it. That's it. Sounds like a bunch of Nothing else. Happy life. And at what point during that whole process are you eating pussy from behind? That's what the fans want to know. They want to know. They want to know, Bert. We've got to know, you know? Because here's the thing. We haven't seen each other in a while, right? It's too long. But it's always like you old old asshole. homies, old brethren getting back you together. Are, you know and what? then you come in here, if this you is, look hey, listen to me. Super in is, shape. Listen, if this is the way this is gonna go, I will drop this mic and walk off this fucking podcast. Where are you gonna go? <laughs> right? I'll go to the other suite no. next door and eat pizza and chicken fingers. No. You fucking losers. There's a brisket over there too. And this is this is I'm this is I'll walk yeah. right next door and eat chicken fingers right now. Hey, there's a lot of important people in here. You will not walk in. You can't. There's too many important people here. And they, the audience can't see it right now, but you know you can't do it. If, if, if the You're audience, forced here. If the audience can see what's going on right now behind the cameras, it's actually pretty extraordinary. It is. Literally have a Medal of Honor recipient. Sure do. Standing here taking photos. This is pretty awesome. It sure is. All seriousness. So, But, but you can't walk out because no, of that. I can't. My walkout has been foiled by a medal. Just walk over and, and kneel in front of him. I should. Or burn a yeah, just go and kneel and say, look, this is for Kaepernick, <laughs> all right? I fought and died for this country, too, and this is for Kaepernick. Go snatch the green beret out of it. Up, up, and then just up, see what up, happens. Up, up. You two yeah, guys, don't worry about it. Much. Don't worry okay. about it. Uh, and that's television right there, you know? You can just, just walk, walk the through, camera. and it's weird to see him in real life. <laughs> it's really weird. Because he doesn't look as fast as you think RG3 would look. When he walked through camera like that, and you're just like, oh, man, you're a lot faster I than... I you guys. Look at Dan. Dan's about to tap out. Here we go. Here we go. Whenever we do these live yeah. shows, it's always a real mystery, Bert. Yeah, it's great. It's, it's always great. a mystery of what's going to happen, and that's why we love it, because people will just walk through camera. This is great. Not really care, and then uh, and then they'll look at you like, oh, hey, should I know who you oh, are? Man, it's good to be back with you guys. It really is. Yeah. It is, man. You know, I don't... T- I don't see you guys enough and i should i i still to this day 
I think one of the most loyal fan bases at the company that I own, Bison Union, is your guys' people. Shameless like, plug. No. Listen to this piece of shit. <laughs> but but speaking way, of Bison Union, how, how is everything Bison going? Union. Because you're not big on social media. You no, don't brag. Man. You're not one of those guys who's out there all the time. No, and, and Dan and I have been talking a lot lately. For me, man, like... I know I've been, I don't know when the first time I came on your show was, but life has changed a lot for me. Five years ago, I think. A lot. Yeah. Like, I'm, I am leading the most decent, honest, pure life. And I'm not trying, this isn't like a born again thing. But you I'm didn't just, find Christ? No, not like that. But I found the mountains and I found a cabin and Allah. I found. I found Allah. Allah. Allah Akbar. <laughs> sorry. Ooh, sorry. No. He's out there that building not... suicide vests in the woods now, bud. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just am in a different place, man. Like, I'm happy. I still will walk off this fucking podcast because I really don't need to be here. Sure. I'm actually here because Dan said I had free tickets to a football game, and I was like, fuck, I'll... I know. We are in a suite, and it's a nice thing going it is on. It's sweet, and football tickets are expensive. I know. Well, you and I but were chatting about it before the show. If you're trying to take a family here, just face value on a, on a normal ticket yeah, is $175. bucks. And, uh, you know, we're in a suite today, and we get to fuck shit up and, and do whatever we want, and it's a blast, right? It's awesome. But everybody I've met, like I just met eight guys that one of them said he has 6,000 free fall skydives. I'm like, what yeah. the fuck? Like just the time and energy. Yeah, they're trying to jump into the uh, to halftime today, but I don't know if the wind's going to They were doing that, and I wish the cameras could see it because they were telling me the stadium, this stadium has fixed guidelines across the top of the yeah. field, and it's like yep. I was lucky enough, horrible at it, but was lucky enough to be on a, a, sky, a Halo team in Special Forces. I went to Halo school. Horrible at it. Every time I went up in the plane, my palms would sweat. I hated fucking jumping out were of the plane. Were your knees weak, and did you yeah. crave mom's spaghetti? <laughs> <laughs> were you nervous? Because on the surface, you look calm and ready to drop bombs. Drop bombs, baby. Yeah, yeah. Um, Sorry, I can't take any of this seriously. Did you ever jump into a stadium, though, like this? I No, man. I had my eyes. I wouldn't even remember because I had my eyes closed the whole time. Really? No, dude, I don't like being up high. Even walking up to this sweet breeze looking over the edge of the stadium, and I'm like, I get sweaty palms, man. I'm just not that guy. Same, dude. I'm, I've got a fear of heights and needles. Some guys have that switch. We were talking about it next yep. door. Some guys have that switch, whether it's rock climbing, pick anything, fucking wrestling alligators, skydiving. They just have that switch that goes off. I don't have it, man. Like, I think of every possible scenario of me dying or getting hurt, and it makes me nervous. That's good protection, though, against something called the call of the void. Have you ever heard of this? No. So the call of the void is a psychological phenomenon where somebody will be driving and just start fantasizing about driving off a cliff or driving into traffic or they'll be in a high place and they'll start thinking it. about jumping. I have it, dude. Yeah. I, I have it. it. I, you have it too? I got it. Dude. I have it too, dude. I got Where it. I just, I look over a bridge yeah. and I'm like, I could fucking jump right now just to see if I can make it. And I know I can't make it. And like, I've stopped myself to the point, this is going to sound super dark, we've been drinking today. I actually I crawled, no lie, I crawled on all fours to get across this bridge because I had already freaked myself out that potentially I was going to do it. And I was like, but just to see if I could make it. It wasn't like, oh, I'm here to kill myself. I just want to see if I, I could, could survive it. And I was, I went through the whole thing in my head. I don't know if you do this. No. Where if you point your toes or ball up you're, and you're like, I can hit the water. I think I could no, I'd be like fine. It's like concrete. Like you're, yeah, that's stupid. you're donezo. I do every now and then. I really want to jump off a high cliff because I live in the mountains uh -huh. like Rambo did. And see if I can bounce through the trees. Yeah. All, 
and, and I've been close, like, by myself. I've seen dudes bounce around in trees off a, st- a shitty static line before. Yeah, right? like that. Yeah. Same thing. But I, I, I get close, man. Like, I'm sitting there, sweaty palms, like, I'm going to try this. And then I'm like, fuck, it's 190 feet in the air. Yeah. I'm going to die. Yeah. Don't do it. But I got it. The other one is punching people in the grocery store. You get that? Bro. <laughs> I, got, I got that. Um, hey, and you know where I found out about all this stuff? This is a true story. George Clooney's got this fear where he's like, dude, I know I'm the biggest star in the world. Yeah. You know, at that time, and he goes, I always think of if I just said, like, the N-word and threw it all away, where, where, because you know that would kill your career and your life, right? It's kind of the same thing where you're just like, oh, man. Like, what if he was just walking down a red carpet for Ocean's Eleven and was just like, yeah, man, Don Cheadle, and then boom. Have you ever been walking in public and there's a family with a couple of, like, toddlers? And they're not paying too much attention. It's like, I can push this kid right over right now. I'm like, oh, sorry, backed into him. But you really give him a good. So I think about that all the time. Not a, I, don't, I don't think about it with a toddler, but like an old lady in a subway in like New York City where you're just like, man, one harsh shove. And then cack, cack, cack. But what happened? What'd you do? What'd you do? Why, why did you do that? And there's so much panic. And then you're like, I don't really know. Boy? I don't Is know why I did that. Boy? Yeah. What did you do? What'd you do? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. What did you do? So why did you great. do this? Yeah. So I think great. about that too, where it's just like, holy shit, we're in public. Like right now there's probably, and they can't see this. Yeah. There's probably 40 people in this suite, right? Yeah. And you think about like, man. What if I just took out my, my dick, right? And I pulled my pants all the way down and sat on this leather chair, bare ass, ball sack dick. Because it's humid. I don't it have would a lot drag of money. across the, le- the I leather. I have a lot of money, but I'd give you a thousand bucks to do that right now. How much do you put in? And just You're be on, a, on a registry if you do that. On wine. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah but just home, like, there are children in this yeah, suite. Yeah. I know. You're definitely going to be on the offender well, list. Well, I can't. I mean, this obviously, a kid just passed now. I can't do it now, but. If I just did it and was just like, oh, and then all the parents, everybody's shocked, horrified. With America is today, people are doing that stuff. I know. Like, I, I spend too much time on Instagram for a guy that lives in a cabin in the woods, but reels on Instagram used to be fun, mm-hmm. happy. Facebook, you go over, it's a dumpster fire. Like, yeah. bar fights, fights, car wrecks. Now that's come over to Instagram, and some of the stuff you watch on these reels is like that. Like, people just doing weird stuff, yeah. pulling their wieners out in public. Yeah. Speaking of uh, exposing yourself in public, that football signed by Joe Theismann. Sure no, is. Not. Yeah, it yeah. Is. Look. It can is. I touch it? Yeah. No, don't yeah. touch it. What are you doing? I can touch it. It's fine. It's fine. It was, really it was before he broke Theismann? his leg. Yeah. Yeah. Who's this? So, I mean, you can it's have not. it if you want. You want it? I'm just going to take We'll give that. it to you. Nobody will notice. Well, they have just to just take it. We'll give it to you on the way out. It's fine. No, I've made that up. No, he didn't actually expose himself. I made that up just so we don't get sued. <laughs> Wait, Joe what? Theismann, I don't think Joe Theismann exposed himself. To, um, I mean, I'm sure he has, but just name it did. Name, name yeah, it. I think it was Namath. Like? Yeah. Namath got fucked up and tried to make out with some reporter on the sidelines. Yeah, that's a hor- That's a hard interview to watch. Oh you boy, can see him just going downhill. You remember that? It wasn't as bad as OJ trying to make out with that girl on Barstool. Remember that shit? Oh yeah, that was good. Or shit, Urban Meyer. Uh, this fucking that but that girl. was in private. No, that in was a public in a place. Bar. But he thought it was in private in a public place. And you get that. Um, no, that's not a thing. Why, one thing I want to ask you about. Why did you say you get that? Uh, he, this well, guy. I found off in public a lot. Yeah. Every why. day. He's like, hey, drop me off at this bus stop. Let me get one in. I'm like, all right. By the way, we're going to send this to the Washington Commanders media team just Love to clear it. it before we publish. Right after the game just is getting, over. Fuck you. Yeah. I'm not doing that. It's the Redskins, by the way. Did you make a conscious decision on Instagram to switch, by the way? Switch to what? All your feeds are super positive. 
Oh, and I like, had to, dude. I had to, man. Like, because you always wonder if you hey, found Allah, I'm not, or the but, Honorable Elijah Muhammad, or if you just uh, did it on your own. This goes into a whole other show. Now we're getting into Doctor Phil territory. But That's fine. Like, man, I was in a negative spot, dude. I know you guys have both been there. Like, yes. You know, now we're all positive. Man, HIV it's, it's, positive. Here's and I don't. Wow. Again, I'm not Tony Robbins, but holy shit, is it a whole lot easier to be happy than it is to be unhappy? But you got to make the right choices. But like, yeah, you're right. People always. That's man. I get asked that question a lot. Not like I'm anything special. People are asking me questions all the time. <clears throat> but the amount of people asking me about the same thing you did, like, whoa, your Instagram went from being angry and pissed off and tough and to be in just straight positivity man like i've never been happier in my entire life and you're you're correct like i make a conscious decision when i wake up in the morning is what i'm about to say going to help me or anybody else and if it's not then i try not to to say it well for me personally like i see so much negative awful shit on social media it's all day that it's refreshing to start seeing accounts like post positive messages are like hey because you have this phrase at the end of that you sign off with i don't know if that's intentional either of like yeah it's a good day to be alive don't, don't fuck, fuck it up, up. I, dude, I i tell myself that no less than 100 times a day like don't fuck it up don't fuck it up i'm about to make a decision is this a positive decision for me man you guys dan knew me more dan and i talked a lot probably what three years ago man every conversation i had i i had a list of people that i just wanted to fucking hurt and I would talk to him. Dan probably got tired of hearing about me talking about the same motherfuckers that I blamed for shit in my life, but I brought them into my life. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm not going to go into it because these are people that we all know. Some of us, we know, the three of us know some of these people. Sure. But, man, like, every conversation I had with Dan was like, fuck that motherfucker, fuck them, fuck this, that situation, me, pity, whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, not a victim, but just blaming other people that I brought into my life for my problems man i brought him into my life so you know dan and i talked a lot in the last you know month and a half i got rid of about 90 percent of the people in my life and i've never been so happy i kept the good ones who i think is good well the last I, I don't know if you've been at that period in your life 100 percent where you're just like man everything i'm doing is a bit of a lie and I look happy all day long and I'm not happy at home at night or when I'm in the shower or by myself. You, you can't lie to yourself, man. You can't. You can lie to everybody in the world, but you can't lie to yourself. And I got to a point where I was lying to myself, trying to. It's a fucking miserable place to be. And I, you know, about three years ago I woke up and it cost me my three best friends, my company at the time, almost my house, my marriage didn't cost him my marriage i should have been divorced 10 years ago that's not an ugly statement i just sometimes you get with the wrong person i wish her the best i wish everybody the best i really honestly dan and i talked about this two weeks ago i wish everybody peace even people that i would bury in the fucking woods if i could mm -hmm. i wake up now and go man i wish i hope i hope they find peace sobriety hap whatever it is man happiness and I know that's a bit of a hippie way to live, but man, if you wake up in the morning and you're honest and you're decent, you don't tell any lies, you don't have any secrets, do you know how much easier your life is? Dude, I got to a point where I was trying to keep up with my own stories. Yeah. It's fucking exhausting. 
and then somebody calls you out on it and you get mad at them. Yeah, fuck all that bullshit. I know, man. I know. Just different, but like, man, I just got to a point where I was trying to keep up with my own bullshit and people would call me out on it and then I would get mad at them because they called me out on my bullshit. Now my day consists of the gym, CrossFit, which I'm fucking horrible at, by the way, but I have fun. Yeah. I don't know if you guys have done it, but... Yeah, yeah, I've done it. I'm, I'm bad no. at it, but it's, it's, a, it's fun. Look, it's a, it's a great workout as long it's as you don't community. buy into the... Yeah, yeah you yeah. just got to be careful of your body. Yep. I go to work. I go to the grocery store. Well, I don't anymore because I have my meals sent to me and I cook them all at home. My own pro- I spend 15 hours of my day talking to Bree and her son. My girlfriend, Bree, has a six-year-old son, which you guys have been around. You've yeah. Some- yeah, yeah, yeah. That's another big piece to this, man. I've... I said it a couple years ago. I I used to be one of those people that walks around and says, "I don't give a fuck what people think about me." If you ever say that, you you think you you give a fuck what people think about you. Mm-hmm. If you don't, you don't have to say it. But man, when this when somebody comes into your life and then there's a child, it's like I've never wanted somebody to like me so much in my entire life ever. If that makes sense. Yeah. It changes a lot. Well, not only that, but it's six because you know having kids that age myself. Yeah. Like. They don't know anything no, else other than love, other than the person that is with them. That's it. Um, and if they care and if they're interested in the things they do and want to hang out and play yep. and, and all that stuff, and that's all that really matters. Dude, that's it. When a six-year-old kid says, do you want to play with my train set, mm-hmm. and you ignore him for a second, or I'm, I'm busy, hang, hang on, and then they ask you again, for me, the world stops. It's like, okay, sorry I didn't come over the first time and play with your train set and hang out with you or go outside and ride dirt bikes. But where I'm going with that, you asked about positivity. Yeah. You know, Bree and Dean changed my my whole life is on another trajectory that I wish I would have been on 20 years ago, 10 years ago, but it is what it is. But right? you can't control that stuff. No. And, uh, and the other no. part about it is I remember, I think, because I think we were all there, Dan... Dan and I, we were at a Mediterranean place in L.A. for dinner. Oh, I was fucking angry, dude. And you were like, I'm over all of this shit. That was the start of it. Yes. And you were like, dude, I'm getting the fuck out. Fuck these people. I'm getting the fuck out of this life, and I'm going to change my life. And you left the restaurant that night. And I was like, all right, one of two things is going to happen. He's going to change his life, or he's going to fucking kill himself. I wasn't there, and, and to be honest with you, I don't think I could ever do that. But I was, I've been right on the edge of, mm-hmm. like, man, not the thought or the actual process of hurting myself, but I would be lying if I didn't say at some point, man, I, I said I was exhausted. I, w- I was exhausted, man. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. to the point, I just was exhausted, and, man, like, would it be easier just to be, ex- like, for all this to be, like, how do I get rid of all this? That was never an option, but it got to that point where... I was knocking on the door of like, man, this is really unhealthy and toxic and mentally I was exhausted and you guys saw it, man, like I remember that now that you said it. Yeah. But I was fucking angry at everybody. But we all go through that. Except, like all of us. Man. Dude, that's that just got me like I remember sitting at that restaurant right outside of it saying But what was I doing? I was bitching and blaming other people that night for my problems, which I think people tend to do, and it's like, no, you cause all your own, 90% of your own, pro, unless you get cancer, you get sick, pneumonia, COVID, whatever, yeah. man. If it's an existential threat that comes into your life, that's different. But 99% of the other shit in your life that's your problems, you caused them. Oh, yeah. They're yours. Either fix it or shut the fuck up. 
and I fixed it. And even like the, the pneumonia thing you were talking about, like I, I brought that on myself. I wasn't sleeping. I wasn't, you know, no, all man. the things. So, um, yeah, I didn't mind, and uh, you get over it, and then you move on with your life. Uh, it's when you don't, then that's when it causes problems. Uh, and for you, you've got a successful company. You live in a beautiful place and environment. Uh, your cabin and everything else is amazing. Uh, and then you get to go and do these side movie gigs occasionally. I'm doing a lot of that quietly. Yeah. Which, which is fun. Well, you like usually have to sign an NDA, and then you can talk about it even, afterwards. Even beyond that, like, I, I won't go too into it now, but you obviously have done that for a living. Mm-hmm. Being able to take this up here and put it on paper or help somebody with anything, whether it's technical or just... And I, I honestly, Ross, I've gotten away from kind of the technical, tactical, cool guy. I haven't been in the Army for a long time. So I've done a couple movie things where I helped with tactical stuff. But yep. Even that doesn't sit completely right with me because I, all the equipment's changed. Anyway, but that process of creativity, man, people bash Hollywood, but uh, and anybody that says I don't watch TV that much or I don't watch movies, get fucked. Like it's it's you're 2020. A yeah. You're a liar. Yeah. You're, well, it's you, 2022. It's 2020. Is it 2022? <laughs> yeah. It's 2022. Everybody watches TV and movies. I don't give a fuck who you are. You can say you read books every night and you don't turn your TV on. Bullshit. It's a fun process to be a part of. It I is. mostly watch super hardcore pornography. Like what kind of hardcore All pornography? Of like what? G- give Whatever me something. Whatever panel. You know what panel is? <laughs> no. Panel is, is painful anal. Yep. You understand, Bert, what that and is? And so, like, there'll be nights, there'll be nights where he'll call, and it'll be, like, 1130, I'll be like, hey, what are you doing? And he's like, man, I'm, I'm watching some panel. Do you want to come over? And I've got a 100-inch projector screen, ultra short throw, fucking 4K. That's, it's, it's up on the wall. Dude, that's too much. Yeah. The, you, I mean, the size of these buttholes, dude, I'm telling you. <laughs> it's something It's something to behold. And then he'll be like, hey, can you get me a Mexican pizza from Taco Bell? Yeah. I want to put my dick it. through it. Yeah, because I want to. Uh, I want to. I want to feel like I'm in it. I use an. I use like one of those punches that you make like biscuits out of, and I punch the middle out. Yep. And then just wear it around my dude. A biscuit punch is like that big around. It's a coke can down here, okay? <laughs> yeah, very girthy. People don't know his girth. Yeah, his girth is underrated. Yeah. His and girth is underrated. It's also a little bit swollen. They too, make so. like a miniature Reese's punch. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you, you could just use an apple core, I think. Uh, an apple core is like that big around. No, it's small. I'm not in the same league with you, gentlemen. No, well, okay. look. Do you know your girth day? My what? Your girth day. <laughs> that's the, the that's the what <laughs> fucking guys. If what it, is a girth day? Like your girth day. So if if it's three inches around, right? Maybe 26 centimeters, then it's 326, then it's March 26. That's your girth day. Say this again. Yeah. Say the formula again. You put a, so what you do is you put a tape measure around your, your cock, yeah. and you measure it, and you're like, all right, great. If well, this I is mean, three inches. Well, I not a tape measure. you got to use a, fa- a cloth. Fabric. Fabric. Yeah. You, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. 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 The metal metal. Because you don't want to cut your ding-dong. No. no and it, but if it's three, then it's March, okay? And then you convert that, obviously, What's for. What's an average girth? Oh, boy. I would say two and a half for a lot of people. That seems small. It, it is, but that's that's most white men. Two and a half inches around. Yeah. Do you have a fabric tape measure? Now? Do you want to? Do you want to tape him off back his, there? His Whoa. mouth is exactly three inches around. Yeah. That ain't happening. He's got a beard. If he didn't have a beard. So whatever your girth day is, it's uh, it's inches and then in centimeters. I gotta yeah. check on this top out. of it. Yeah, for sure. Well, we gotta get another. We gotta get some more people through here. 
Thank you for coming today, and yeah, thank you man. for ignoring us all day yesterday. We really appreciate it. I didn't ignore you guys no, yesterday. Yeah, you ignored me. I texted no, you a couple times. You didn't say shit. You guys were in Arlington. <laughs> you were, you were slumming it in, in Arlington. I was in Georgetown with the with the with the rich with the uh, with the finer folks. It's Fancy like it's like it's it's fucking eighteen six. You're like, oh, we're going into town to get we're, some gingham. <laughs> like, what the fuck is wrong with you? We were going. He into told town me, he was like, oh, we don't have to get boots and we, sprinkles. He was like, we don't ha- we don't have. Stores like this back in Wyoming. Like, oh, yeah, I know you don't. don't. I got a Walmart, dude. You, I know. Look, you, look how you dress. Look, you guys are fancy. Well, I got a Walmart. He's wearing like, New Balance. I'm wearing, I'm wearing New Balance from like 1989. Literally, I have a Walmart, nothing else. No, I, and I understand that. So but, when I get to shopping. To send us so many pictures of you inside Prada yesterday, I was like, fuck, dude, I get it. Get like, I mean, just come on the you, show. You know what? I don't, I can't, you know what? I can't note, see you in I'm Prada over this anymore. I'm fucking podcast. <laughs> I'm gonna. Fu- I'm out of here. You two fucking losers. <laughs> we officially got Bert Coons to walk off the podcast, dude. Amazing, amazing. Today's show is brought to you by GhostBed.com forward slash Drinking Bros. There are title sponsor for a reason. They are the very best in the biz as far as mattresses are concerned. Damn it! Love GhostBed.com forward slash Drinking Bros. Uh, they've got all the things in there. And right now, that bundle package is at the top of my list. That is 40% off. You get the adjustable base and the mattress combined together, shipped right to your house. Mattresses are shipped right to your house. Everything is shipped right to your house. That way, you can just tug it into your bedroom, open it up, and boom, you're ready to rock within an hour. Uh, I love that. You don't have to rent a U-Haul. You don't have to pay somebody for shipping or anything else. Uh, you can just order from ghostbed.com forward slash drinking bros today. It's super easy to put it together, including that bundle package with the adjustable base. Uh, with that adjustable base, it's got USB ports, flashlights, uh, super sleek remote control to go up and down. And it also comes in a split king. That way, if you're a lover, man or woman, no judgment here, uh, wants to go up and stay up and watch a little bit of late night Scanamax, they can or if they want to go to bed, no big deal. They can do that, too, and, uh, and it's not going to affect the other person. Uh, that's 40% off mattress, adjustable base, bundle package. You got it? Good. Now, if you want 30% off, you're going to get the mattress, and you're going to get two free luxury pillows with that. And that's a hell of a fucking deal as well because the goddamn mattresses, uh, well, they're just as good as the pillows, kids. I'm torn. Both are greats. Can't choose a favorite. It's like picking your favorite kid. Won't do it. You can't make me do it. Uh, And while you're there, peruse the entire store. Uh, If you want some sheets, uh, if you want the the weighted blanket, the cover, get whatever you can there. Pop in the promo code Drinking Bros for 30% out at checkout. And uh, that'll take care of everything. Get you a 30% discount there bottom of the screen you're going to see a 60 month pay as you go program no interest as long as you have decent credit over there and uh boom you at home can leave the store with a 25 dollars a month payment for a brand new bedroom set pretty fucking rad deal go to ghostbed.com forward slash drinking bros next up this episode is also brought to you by eurooptic.com for over 20 years eurooptic has been supplying premium optics firearms uh, hunting apparel and outdoor gear to individuals around the world. Euro Optic is a veteran-owned company based in Montoursville, Pennsylvania. Delco says it's beautiful there, and they're a dedicated team of customer service. 
uh, and sales reps. Uh, they're all composed of hunters, shooters, and outdoor enthusiasts, all with firsthand knowledge of the gear they offer. If you're familiar with EuroOptic, then you already know they have the faster shipping uh, than anyone else in this whole goddamn world. With their red shipping, you will get your purchase shipped the same day. It'll be on your doorstep within one to two days for free. That's right. They'll ship it on the same day. It'll be on your doorstep in one to two days for free. Just look for the red logo on most of their optics and gear. And just in time for deer season, Euro Optic is offering our listeners a discount on Vortex products for the month of October. Just use the promo code DB10 to save 10% on all regular priced Vortex products. EuroOptic and Vortex are supporting us, so we ask you go and support them, or at least just show them you're listening by heading over to EuroOptic.com slash Drinking Bros today. Next up, we got Babbel, language for life. Right now, get up to 55% off your subscription when you go to babbel.com slash Drinking Bros. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com slash Drinking bros, if you're like me and there's a foreign language that you regret not learning in school, not for me, it's Spanish, I learned it, I'm fluent, sorry, nothing I can do about it, maybe it was French, okay? Maybe it was for me. I'm not going to tell you. Uh, it's never too late to start with Babbel. Babbel is the language learning app that has sold more than 10 million subscriptions. Thanks to Babbel's addictively fun and easy bite-sized language lessons, you can finally cross learning that new language off your list. Uh, I know Dan has been taking uh, French and I believe Spanish. Um, I think he's planning Italian. I think he's just planning on just ending it overseas. I'm going to come home and it's going to be like Goodwill hunting. He's not going to be there anymore. He'll be over speaking fluent Italian somewhere, living over there in a villa. With Babbel, you only need 10 minutes to complete a lesson so you can start having a real-life conversation in a language in as little as three weeks. Other language learning apps use AI for their lesson plans, but not Babbel. These lessons were created by over 150 language experts and voiced by real native speakers, not computers. Their teaching method has been scientifically proven to be effective. With Babbel, you can choose from 14 different languages, including Spanish, French, Italian, and German. Plus, Babbel's speech recognition technology helps you improve your pronunciation and accent. So many ways to learn with Babbel. In addition to lessons, you can also access podcasts, uh, games, videos, stories, and even live classes. Plus, it comes with a 20-day money-back guarantee. Start your new language learning journey today with Babbel. Right now, get up to 55% off your subscription when you head on over to babbel.com slash drinking bros. That's Babbel dot com slash drinking bros for up to 55 percent off your subscription babble language for life last up we got manscaped.com what's up manscaped are you a man or a wool man well you can be either you can use this product on yourself or your lady friends you're gonna get 20 percent off at manscaped plus free shipping when you use the promo code drinking bros at manscaped.com Damn it. Best in the biz, dude. Get the right tools for your family jewels. All right. Um, Manscaped is one of the best in the biz as far as uh, keeping up with your, your, your parts, your dirty parts. Can I say that? Probably. Who cares? Damn it. It's for shaving up your private parts, your tits, your clits, whatever you can think of at Manscaped. 
Uh, they've also got a nose hair trimmer and an ear trimmer as well. And uh, they've got all the bells and whistles there over at manscaped.com. Uh, and it's the best in the biz, dude. Um, if you're out there and you've been to somebody else's house and they don't have Manscaped, it's kind of creepy, right? Uh, don't think I've ever seen it in real life. And, uh, and if I do, then I don't trust them. Is that weird? I don't trust anybody who's not using Manscaped on their body to shave up all their parts. It's good for everything, damn it. They've also got boxers, a nice little dop kit there. Um, that lawnmower 4.0 is one of the best in the biz. Head on over to manscaped.com today. Use promo code DRINKINGBROS for 20% off at and free shipping. That is free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the promo code DRINKINGBROS for 20% off over there. Keep your body parts nice and trimmed up, you dirt bags. Well, we got uh, team president, Washington Commanders, Jason Wright, former player. And you told a story the other day at this event we had about how when you first got out of football and went back to you got your grad degree and then you started in business, mm-hmm. you were mentored by a lot of veterans around yeah. you. And it kind of inspired you to make sure veterans were a big part of the organization what you got here. Can you Huge. tell us that story? And th- thanks for having me. Yeah, guys. for sure. Absolutely. But yeah, it, it is truly in my heart. Like when, when I transitioned out of football, I, I got the same feedback from every company I interviewed with. They said, we think you're smart. You got good problem solving capabilities. You got some good leadership stories from being an NFL player, but you're really raw and you don't speak the business language. Yeah. And the firm that gave me an offer, McKinsey and Company, it mm-hmm. happened to be the veterans at McKinsey. That took me under their wing. An Army tank commander, a Silver Star Air Force vet. My first manager was a, a Army Ranger, former Army Ranger. Like Those are the folks that saw my talent. Mm-hmm. I think what you all get in military service, because your lives are on the line, right. is the ability to see talent no matter what it looks like yeah. and in no matter well, what package the, it's in. It's the ultimate meritocracy. Exactly. You either win or you die, right? Exactly. That's You're not trying to die. Right. <laughs> You're not trying to die. No. So it doesn't matter if I have this bias or that bias mm-hmm. or Grandpa said this about you. Or even Lynn bias. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a hell of a dad yeah, joke, well, sir. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that sort of thing doesn't factor in. And right, so yeah. those folks were able to invest in me and grow me. And I had the privilege, too, during my work there to do a bunch of Green Badger work mm-hmm. in the IC and yeah. DOD. Which let me further see the millions of people that support the warfighter on a daily basis up close and from far away. And so it's really in my heart. And when we named ourselves the commanders, it was that sense of selfless mission that was really top of mind for us. The thing that I can't figure out is we've heard the same story for years. Why is there such a problem with people hiring veterans out of the military when, truthfully, that's the craziest situation you'll be in in your entire life? That's right. Well, I think college just, is not. We just yes. framed the, not not even just the community, but the veteran community also framed the narrative wrong. It's like, hey, these guys have served their country and now they need your help. It's like, no, they served their country into the most austere possible chaotic conditions. Right. They've got skills that you can't find anywhere That's right, else. and therefore they have these sets right. of capabilities yeah. that you need in your company. Yeah. Like, we, we all kind of fucked that up, to be fair. Yes. I mean, badly. But it's it's we're here now. Right? Yeah. That's We're right. beyond that. There's people like you that are in the business and sports community that are actually, you know, going out of your way. I mean, one of your top, one of your guys over here is a former Ranger that we that's hang right. out with a lot. I mean, it's that's how it is, right? I mean, that's that that's the true business case or organizational case for diversity. Whether that's 
racial demographic, gender, or background, mm -hmm. which includes veterans, is that you have a set of experiences that someone else doesn't have. Yeah. And if we don't have a team that has people with different types of experience that can actually create the full, so we have A players on every different topic and every different skill, then we're screwed. Right. And this is where, to your point, we have to reframe yeah. the case for veterans and the skills they bring. Because it's about strengthening your organization, yeah. not doing your civic duty in return to vets. Mm -hmm. That's a nice byproduct, but it's not. Y'all aren't charity cases. No, y'all yeah. aren't charity cases. Yeah. Your your value add is your accretive to our organizations. Yeah. Well, we appreciate uh, you taking the time out to come on today yeah, and tell your story, and also Absolutely. all the stuff and, you do for vets. Maybe. Yeah. And last question for you here, if you, if you don't mind, um, dealing with adversity, yeah. uh, not only in. Uh, military in the battlefield and everything else has to carry over into what you're doing today right. especially with everything that's going on within the, the washington commanders organization yeah. you guys have had a name change that's right potential you know rumors are out there for a potential mm -hmm. new ownership mm -hmm. like you're used to all of that <laughs> not used to it but i do have some but pattern capable. recognition yeah i do right. have some pattern recognition i think one of the things you get in some of the environments I've operated in is you're able to focus on the few things that matter, mm -hmm. try to tune out the noise, and take something that's massively complex and try to simplify Reduce it, it yeah. into yep. a set of bite-sized decisions. Yep. And that's the only way to progress. And I think what that does for the organization, and maybe this is what I do more than anything, is bring calm out of chaos mm -hmm. and give people clarity and direction so they don't feel blown about yeah. by the wind. And um, that, that's what gives me confidence we'll get to a good outcome. And, and I think that's what the organization needs right now yeah. is yeah. somebody to be calm during this chaos that's and right. say, hey, no matter what, it's about what, the, what we put on the field. doesn't matter who's in the owner's box. doesn't matter about the name change. Uh, the fans will get over it eventually and everything else, and uh, we'll still be the same team that you that's knew right. and loved, that's right. and hopefully you guys can bring a, a Super Bowl championship back it, to yeah. D.C. again. Getting in the end zone here. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> hey, well, thank you for your time. Of course. We know you're a busy man. Thanks. I appreciate you stopping by Drink It Bros and continued success, and good luck with the organization. Of course. Of course. Thanks, Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate thank it. you, sir. It's rare we have a guest that wants to come on the show like Jason Van Camp and come out of the closet and say, hey, I'm done pretending to be a straight male in this world. I'm ready to come out and be a gay man. And Jason, welcome to the show. How are no, you? That's not what it was. Oh, that wasn't? No, he's here to promote his... His charitable foundation. Oh, shit. Who was that then? That was Scott. Yeah. Oh, another guy, guy, another guy, another guy, another guy. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, okay. You guys all look alike. You know? <laughs> come on next show. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Great. I will ask him about his homosexuality after this. Sorry, man. I apologize. Right. I thought about it. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to go hetero for a little bit longer. Yeah. yeah. So we'll be okay. Yeah. yeah. What do you, what's your over-under on that? Five years, you think? Uh, you know what I hear? I mean, inflation, right? <laughs> the economy's bad. It is. So it's probably going to... Got to do what you got to do, brother. Yeah, you move it to the left. Yeah. <laughs> got to do what you got to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah so well, listen, thanks for having me on the show, first off. Yeah, absolutely. It's an honor to be here. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm surprised we haven't hooked up before because we've, run, we've been running the same circles for fucking years I know. Now. It's insane. It's insane. It, it kind of feels like that's my lot in life, man. Like, running the same circles, but nothing ever comes of it. No results. So, right. here we are. We're going to do some stuff. We're going to have a lot of fun. We're going to help a lot of veterans. Yeah, Cheers, so, man. And you got a book out? No, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, you do, but it's we. Before the book, I want to talk about where. Tell tell us about Warrior Rising and what you guys do. Hell yeah, 
So Warrior Rising, I started about seven years ago. It's a nonprofit. This is after you left. After, so I retired at 15 years in the military, early retirement, mm -hmm. uh, medical thing. I started having really uh, significant tonic-clonic seizures mm -hmm. and back issues. And uh, my unit was like, hey, man, you can't jump, you can't shoot, you can't even drive yourself to work, man. So we're going to have to let you go, and, and we'll take care of you when we do. And so they did. And I asked myself the same question all vets ask. Now what? What mm -hmm. am I going to do with myself? And you were in 10th group at the time? I was in 10th group, yeah. and then I was uh, at Yusufix. So I was mm -hmm. at Bragg, uh, getting taken care of by mm -hmm. uh, University of North Carolina Medical yeah, yeah. Center and things like that. Uh, so, uh, so I started a nonprofit called Warrior Rising because I wanted to continue serving. I wanted to continue helping my fellow veterans. And what I found out was guys were telling me, hey, I want to find my purpose again, but all these nonprofits are taking me hunting and fishing, building homes for me. That's all well and good. That's great. But I never asked for this stuff. And I enjoy hunting and fishing, but I come back home, nothing's changed for me. I just had one good day. And people were donating millions of dollars a year to help me have one good day. Mm -hmm. I want to have one great life. Jason, can you help me with that? Yeah, it's like the teach a man to fish thing. That's what it's like, all about. We, I think we wanna, when we get done, we want to keep... I, I think we've been having this conversation a lot lately. We had it with Ben Kesling the other day. His oh, yeah. new book's out. We've had it with a lot of people recently. Our ilk want to get out and continue finding a way to contribute like we're, we're no none of us are ever going to be comfortable accepting things from people exactly you know what i mean it just doesn't work that way and i think to be honest i think the climate that we've created where dudes are getting out and everybody's just trying to pile this kind of stuff onto them with instead of just giving them the opportunity to make it for themselves is fucking demoralizing honestly i really feel like it is because it makes you feel like a fucking charity case it's counterproductive I mean? yeah. it absolutely is Here's and the that's thing. kind of the that's the root of your charity, is to get, is to get dudes back on in a position where they can fucking provide for themselves and their family, right? It's exactly correct. Yeah. A lot of people have great intentions; they want to help veterans. The one thing yeah. that they fail at is they don't ask the veteran, "What do you want? Do you really want this?" It's like Christmas when people are giving you Christmas presents that you don't want. Hey, if you just asked me what I would have what I wanted, I, you could have bought that for me. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? It's about teaching them how to fish. That's true charity that's yeah. true education is yeah. where it's at because you know you feed someone you give them a sandwich they're gonna want two sandwiches next time mm -hmm. you know if we teach them how to make their own sandwich yeah and we work ourselves out of a job and it's a force multiplier right because yeah they start doing that for other people i mean that's what we want to get to and so we help veterans start their own businesses so they can have an idea on the back of a napkin they okay. can buy a franchise business they can buy an existing business or they might have a business and they're stuck, they need to scale, they don't know how, come to us. We'll introduce them to investors, to potential clients. We'll give them a custom business suit, a website, a laptop computer, headshots, marketing videos. And then if you get invited to a business shower, you get a grant. Sometimes we give uh, six-figure grants out. Most of the time, it's five-figure grants. Okay. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this. Who is your most successful person and or business client, to come out guess, of your program? Yeah. So uh, there's three guys that always come to mind. And we've had over 5,000 veterans go through our program alone this year. Oh, right? shit. Really? Uh, so our goal was 5,000. We're at 5,126 as of this morning. So we got two months to go, man. We're pretty stoked on that. I'll tell you a story about one guy who was one of our first. His name's Justin Clapsaddle. And he came to me. He's like, hey, man, just learn how to grind knives. He's a, he's a good old country boy from North Carolina. He's like, hey, man, like, what should I do? I want to start a business, man. And I was like, well, listen, Justin, there are a lot of knife makers out there. Mm. You got to find out 
how you're different. You got to find a story, man. The best story wins. Your value proposition, yeah. And he's like, well, shoot, man, what am I supposed to do? I, was, I said, think about it. I'll think about it. And I remembered in my second deployment in Iraq, my vehicle was catastrophically destroyed by an IED. And I was like, I wonder if I took the metal from that vehicle and gave it to Justin and he can repurpose it into a knife. Mm. And that would mean something to me. That would yeah. be a knife with purpose. Mm. I could tell people my story of this IED and I show them the knife. Mm -hmm. I can cut shit with it, right? And it's a custom cool knife. And so I gave him some metal and then I said, I wonder if I could find metal from other vehicles. And so I found metal from a Sherman tank. A Sherman, I busted out a Sherman tank from the Battle of the Bulge in World War II. No way. Gave it to Justin. He makes knives out of that now. Found a helicopter from Vietnam. He makes knives out of that. Found some World War I medal. What about He's the car it. that fucking Biggie was shot in? Ooh, that could be something. It'd be special. nice. Or the Tupac, that, that Mercedes he got gunned down in. That'd yeah. be a nice thing, too. You can't tell me that knife wouldn't go for 2500 bucks. Oh, yeah. Bucks. Big time. Oh, oh yeah. That shit. Yeah. Yeah, way Hell more yeah. than that. But, yeah, that's a good idea. I mean, some other companies have done similar things, like Brass and Unity uses reclaimed shell casings. Yeah. Um, uh, combat flip-flops, they use the, yeah, the they, rubber for the tread on their fucking shoes and they shit do. like that. Yeah, they that's do. pretty dope. Uh, the, most, the most profitable last year guy named Luke Siminer, he's a Marine, came to us with basically an idea, and he was our Napa California champion. You said he, he's a Marine? So he's it's, Marine. Like, it's an edible crayon. <laughs> we do have edible crayons. <laughs> we do Frank Mental. Yeah. Crayons ready yeah. to eat. You know, you yeah. know, you met Frank in the mix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so stupid. <laughs> it's funny though. I mean, it, he probably sells a shitload of them, to be honest. We had uh, Grunstyle bought a bunch of them yeah. for him. So, uh, so Luke, he teaches blind people, he trains blind people so that they have jobs. Uh, I like saw Daredevil? <laughs> I wish. Is he, is he Daredeviling people? <laughs> <laughs> that son of a bitch. Is he Daredeviling them, dude? He's saving towns shit. and cities? He's all over the WB yeah, now. Ben, ben Affleck shows up from time to time for, you know, the original. Jennifer yeah. Gardner's yeah. showing up, like, yeah. out of the blue. But, but the thing that's cool about it is I, I saw him just a couple weeks ago. I'm like, how you doing, man? He's like, just got a valuation. I'm like, give me the good news. 22 million. Holy shit. A year and a half. Okay. Damn. So we we have all the ADA requirements and the ADA equipment for blind people, people who can't walk, but there's nobody to ever guide you through that process on how to use it. You know yeah. what I mean? Like but people, especially people who have become blind later in life, they have no idea how to do any of this shit. That's so right. what's the point of having a tool you don't know how to use if somebody's not going to teach you how to fucking use it? And these it, are like really simple solutions to pervasive and complex problems. Ooh, well said. And that's how you make a business. Well right? said. That's how you do it. Well said. Yeah. And he's giving them purpose again. They have a job. They're happy with themselves. They're being productive. They're adding value in some small way. Yeah. Everybody wins. Yeah. Everybody wins. Have you ever thought about a seltzer company? <laughs> uh, I have not thought about that. What do you got in mind? Oh, boy. So we, we've got a big one. We can't drink it here because we're currently inside uh, Washington Stadium. So Dan and I own a seltzer company, Hard AF Seltzer. We're going through the Series A raise right now, which is yeah. always a pain in the ass. Champagne problem to have. The, the product exploded off the show. And uh, we're in 100 stores in Tennessee. Signed a deal with Total Wines. Uh, so we're in uh, Florida as well. That just opened up this week. But then, obviously, you know, you go from hundreds of thousands of cans to millions of cans. Hell yeah. And that's quite a leap, right? Uh, do you ever do anything like that? We do. So we'll help you with distributors, things mm -hmm. like that. We've got a company called Cold Zero Spirits. They do vodka and whiskey out of Iowa. Uh, Cedar, Cedar Ridge Distillery, yeah. the parent company, 
And so they help them with the distribu distribution and everything. Zeros like is the that. name of it? Cold Zero. Okay. Uh, spirits. So, like, you go to the range and you have your Cold Zero. Yeah. And so the tagline is, it's your first shot. The Cold Zero stuff. Sure. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Ours is Hard AF Seltzer. And uh, just going through the whole process and everything now, it's a bitch. Uh, and the interesting thing about what you do and everything else is, like, a lot of people just don't know going into it what it is. Now, both Dan and I have had other friends who have had... Uh, RTDs and drinks and things like that. Sure, so we know sure. kind of what it is, and it's it's fine, right? But the meetings are a pain in the ass and everything else. But a lot of people just don't know how to get started. Do you guys do decks and all that stuff for your for your clients? Absolutely. Start from scratch. And I should clarify, veterans and their immediate family members. So we help spouses and the whole thing, too. So it's like USAA. What's that? It's like USAA. Like the entire family is eligible for that. The entire family is eligible. That's absolutely correct. Yeah. So you come to us. We vet you. Make sure you are who you say you are. Sure. You go through an intake process. We give you access to a 40-video curriculum that we've created. It's professionally done. It's called the Warrior Academy. Translates the military decision-making process, MDMP, right into a business model. As you're going through this, we have weekly calls. First and third Wednesday is a coaching call so customer service answering specific questions for you second and fourth wednesdays are a mentoring session so we have phd level professors and uh university type of classes and keynotes and things like that for you about business so you yeah. can succeed and it's intentionally difficult because a business is hard running a business is tough as hell very right? oh, you can say fucking on this show okay, we don't give I a shit say, tough yeah. as fuck and if you think that the education part the training part is too difficult for you then that's a win for us if you quit. Just, yeah. like, just like in the, you know. Seals or anything Rangers, else. Yeah. Right? yeah, Any selection, yeah. You know, like if that's too hard for you, you're not going to make it for real. So um, you go through all that. Then we have a master's program called Vet to CEO. It's a nine-week live interactive uh, virtual course you go through. And then we'll select between 10 and 20 champions to come to a business shower. Our next one is November 11th, so next Friday in Salt Lake City, Utah. Following that, we're going to be in Iowa City on March 25th, first quarter. We'll be in D.C. third quarter next year, and then maybe Las Vegas next year. Okay. And how did you get hooked up with uh, Scott Davidson and those guys? So I, uh, I work, my for-profit company, we do a lot of consulting, and I work uh, for the Washington Commanders. Okay. And I was with Ron Rivera over the summer. Uh, doing some leadership assessments. They just scored, like by the way. Oh, I see where they scored. Because <laughs> they're my team, my hometown team. I've loved them forever. Did they return the kickoff? Is no, it was a touchdown. Heineke to Samuel, Ohio Heineke State. Samuel. Boom. There Buckeyes, you go. baby. Yeah, I love it. So, uh, Scott heard I was working with the commanders. He's tied in with the commanders. We linked up. We became best friends, and I started going to his events, so I've been pretty happy for it. That's awesome. Yeah. Because all of this is great, and everything that Scott does for veterans and everything else and the, and the Washington Commanders, uh, it's been great to see in real life. Uh, unless, you know, boom, we have a show and we get invited out to this stuff. Yeah, Nobody yeah. really gets to see this behind the scenes, and it's cool, man. It's way cool. I'm, we're all super appreciative of Scott for having us out to do this. You know, uh, to me, people say, what are you most proud of? Honestly, I'm most proud of being a good dude. You know what I mean? Like when people say, oh, yeah, Van Camp. Yeah, he's a good dude, man. I like yeah. him. To me, that makes me happy. Yeah. And you know, I always try to be a good dude for other people. And Scott's, he's being a good dude to us, man. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, look, we've enjoyed hanging out with you today. Tell everybody one more time where they can find your organization. Yeah, and if they want to contribute to the organization as well. Or if they want to become a client, 
that means you want to take advantage of his program or if you want to contribute to it, go to warriorrising.com. Or .org, sorry, yeah. Thanks, Dan. Yep. Appreciate it. Yeah, man. So that, that's it, man. Time, talent, or treasure. You want to give us your time, your talent, your treasure, warriorrising.org. Or if you're a veteran, immediate family member of a veteran, and you want to start a business, you need help with a business, franchise business, you want to buy a business, come to warriorrising.org. Find out all about us at that site. Happy to help. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me, guys. Yep. No, thank you for being here, man. We appreciate it. It was great hanging out with you down on the field earlier, man. Hell yeah, it is. Continued it is. success. Hope we have a lot more uh, events oh, yeah. and fun in the future. Oh, yeah. Hey, we're here. If you're in Austin, hit, hit us up. 100%. Awesome. Thanks, my man. Thanks, Appreciate man. It. We got another guest today, General John Mulholland, kind of a legend in the Intel Ooh. community. Can you give Don't us a little, give, give me the short version of everything you've done in your career. So you, well, I, I would, I would, I mean, I'm a product of the Special Forces, right. Special Operations community. Um, yeah. Um, Initial infantry officer, uh, always wanted to be in Special Forces, Green yeah. Beret. Uh, joined our regiment in '83, uh, and uh, you. Were, I think you were. Were you down at Gullick? You were down in Panama for a while, right? I, two with tours. The 20th? Two, my dad was with the 20th back in the day. No kidding. That was my first assignment. To 76. But he was there before you, I believe. Yeah, that was, that was yeah. my first assignment. Mm -hmm. Fourth Battalion, 20th Infantry. Yeah, um, great assignment. Mm -hmm. um, then there was an airborne unit down there as, as well. I moved over to them. And, and the uh, School of the Americas was still down there at the time, right? It, it was. It Until was. Until the 80s sometime, I think? Somewhere in yeah. the 80s moved up. It's actually yeah. up here in the city now. Oh, it's in the city. It's, it's not over, a building I, anymore? I think it's at Fort Mc... I, don't, you're probably right. It probably still is at Benning. Yeah, yeah. There yep. might be some detachments up here. So um, then you were in conventional army for a while, three right? years, and then you moved over to special forces. To special forces yeah. in '83, and, okay. and 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 since then I've done either you know army special forces mm -hmm. or or joint special operations ever since. Yep. And you were uh, for a while you were in charge of. The, I guess you were the military liaison for the agency, right? Uh, my, what's, my, what's that job entail? Exactly? Oh, it's a fantastic is it, job. Is it like clearing battle spaces or sharing intel? Um, or what is it? It's the, the position is called the associate director for military affairs. It mm. works directly for the for the the director. Um, it's a it's a three star position. Mm. It can come from any service, right? Um, but for the last several years, we've had special operators in that job. And, and really, your job is you're the military advisor to the director. Okay. And you are his point of contact to help coordinate the significant interaction that takes place between the Department of Defense and the CIA all the time. Okay, I see. So you've been pretty uh, balls deep in all of this for a while now throughout the GWAT and up until relatively recently. I'm sure you've got some thoughts on the condition of our current military. Oh right. well, I, I, we, I have I have four children and three of them are active duty army officers. So yeah, we've we, we, we have a we have a pulse on it. One of them is in my uh, in my old brigade in the. Well, he was. He is now lieutenant colonel. He's out at the in the J five shop at Indo Paygom. Okay. okay. Uh, but but he grew up in the eighty second, second ranger battalion, and uh, hard you know ten combat tours. Um, Jesus. And uh, his two lot. younger, his younger sister and brother are both at the Seventh Special Forces Group right. down at uh, Eglin Air Force Base, Florida. Okay. And now, uh, what are you up to now? Uh, I retired to be six years, December, mm -hmm. and do some private consulting out of here, out of D.C. Right. area. And do you have any? We're starting to uh, uh, get to a point where a lot of people are talking more about the GWAT, the Afghan withdrawal, our continued presence in Iraq. Um, now we have 
I am deeply suspicious, right? We have military advisors on the ground in Ukraine now, but that's kind of how Vietnam started, right? I, I know that the, I know there aren't parallels necessarily between the two, but in my it is my estimation we've used our uh, uh, military in a, some dumb ways over the course of our lifetime, right? And it's it seems like there's a lot of people advocating to get a get a grip on that and start doing things a little bit better. You have any thoughts about that? Well, um, well, I guess the first thing is to say that. Uh, I'm among those who wholeheartedly support our Ukrainian brothers right. against Russia. Yeah. I mean, this is this has been America's existential threat for, for, for the, the the entirety of my life, and for mm-hmm. most Americans my age or, or older. Um, and you know, this is a beast, a monster who absolutely needs to be stopped. Um, so I I am absolutely fully in support of the great work our our own country is doing in supporting the Ukrainians. We do not have American troops boots on the ground there. Um, the our allies, uh, our, especially our NATO allies, uh, you know, thanks to Vladimir, you know, he's made NATO even stronger than ever. Um, but but people should understand completely that, except for Americans who have volunteered to go on their mm-hmm. own, right? Um, and you know, God love them for doing that. We just lost a great young American, former Army soldier. Pat was killed in action about a week and a half ago now. But uh, um, overwhelmingly, that's a fight being conducted by the Ukrainians themselves. Yeah. Now. This isn't new for American uh, service people to go off on their own and join a war, right? No, I, I mean, mean, there's a history of that. Yeah, it happened with the Peshmerga over the past 15 or so years. It's it's been a pretty common thing. Yeah, there you know, there's just, you know Americans with uh, you know a lot of people take take exception that we as Americans consider ourselves an exceptional nation. But I believe it to be true. I, b- I believe in American exceptionalism. And part of that is that we are motivated by ideals, by right. ideas. And, uh, and I think it is that idea that motivates a lot of these Americans who've decided to go over and support the Ukrainians because they yeah. see a people being oppressed and, and invaded by just an absolute hideous machine. Yeah, he's uh, an asshole. And fortunately, yeah. they suck uh, yeah, at what they well, do. But, you know, they're killing yeah. a lot they, of people. But they've always sucked. Everybody, like... The, Forever, the Russians are good at intel- intelligence, not good at combat, in my opinion, right? Not since World War II. It's just well, like... The, um, yeah, that's a whole, that's a whole, that's a they, long they discussion. S- they still but, fight like it's World War II Korea era. Yeah, like, they're, and... Their tactics and strategy don't make any sense to the, on the modern battlefield, in my it's, opinion. It's... Uh, they have proven themselves to be massively and, and unequal to, yeah, the, to yeah. the mission that they're evil... Overlord Vladimir Putin gave them without question. However, mm-hmm. they are still a massive force with massive firepower. A lot of money, a lot of weapons. And, and yeah. they, they are still killing a lot of people. Yeah. So what do you think it says about the American warfighter that even, like, there's, it's one thing to answer the call. It's another thing to not get called but show up because you feel like it's your duty. I right? think it's back to those ideals. Mm-hmm. that the, I mean, I, I came to Special Forces because I believed, even as a kid, in the motto, the motto of SF is "Stay oppressively bare," which is yeah. to liberate the oppressed. Right. I think a lot of Americans feel that that hey, we're going to protect our own freedoms. Would like to help bring those same freedoms, or at least some measure of them, to other people around the world who suffer at the hands of right. tyrannical bastards. 
Liberty is the only thing that really scales. No, no system of government will scale indefinitely, but Liberty can. Liberty scales. Right. Yeah. Liberty scales. You got anything to say? Oh, He's yeah. sit there with your fucking Well, here's closed. the thing. So it's rare. When a man walks into a suite or a room and the whole place stops, you weren't there when he walked in, but everybody was like, oh, shit. Um, and everybody came over to well, you, and I was like, I know this guy has seen some shit in the day. Uh, that's just because I just got released from from a, from prison. Yeah, they were just surprised I was out. That's all. That's all that was, man. Yeah, I promise you. That's but all. it is rare. Do you get embarrassed in situations like that? Where I mean, there was I saw I just watched thirty people get up and turn around. I was like, oh my gosh, sir, it's it's, a, it's an honor to meet you. Is that embarrassing at all? Oh, it's humbling. I mean, these are great guys. Uh, I, I don't know why they do that because it should be the other way around. I was super blessed and fortunate to work around literally some of the best men and women our country has. And uh, so it's the other way around, really. I, I can't. I'm so happy to see that. That's kind of how we all feel, though, from both directions. Like, it's an honor to be able to do some of this stuff. You know what I mean? So when people thank you for it, it's like you're thanking me for having a good time. It doesn't necessarily feel right. Yeah, I mean, you know I mean, I love, this is what we love, this is yeah, what we yeah. do. I'd be doing this if there was no audience. Yes, yeah. right, right. It's kind of strange. I think that guy may have, he was in first Special Forces group. Oh, good. He I, says he recognizes you. But well, that, I was in first group you, once. You, you may have, yeah. he, he may have stood on the carpet at parade rest he, and gotten a talk to you. I probably even yeah. Article 15 or something. Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> One of the questions though, we always ask on this show is, uh, what do you think of the military now, and what do you tell a young kid that might want to enter the military right now. Do it. To, do well, it. To frame, Absolutely to, do to it. To frame that question, there's a lot of weird shit going on in the military. We're talking a lot about people's feelings and shit, and that's not what we do. Uh, Genders, we, identities. I, we close okay. with let and me, destroy the Let enemy. me correct the record here. That is so friggin' overblown. That is, for whatever instance you can find of that, it is a point zero zero something percentage of what. But we just saw it in the special operations community twice in the last three months. Both with Navy SEALs, uh, one was a training death, right? When it, with a guy not reporting his condition properly is what I'm told. And then the other one was uh, using CS on people. Like, we all do that. I've been smoked on gas before. It's just the way it is. You're like, you, got, you, you know this better than I do even. When you get out there in the fight, you got to know these are tough bastards that will not oh, I, quit. Without question. But, right? but I, I would, first of all, I... I I'm reluctant to comment on any of that because I don't know all the details. Sure, yeah. But I, but, but there's there's two pieces to this. Mm-hmm. One is, especially for our community, the special operations community, we absolutely want to assess and and and, and evaluate mm-hmm. the men and women that come to our career fields because they've got to be the right mental, psychological, right. spiritual, physical mix to for the, the the demands of the mission. So we want to stress them, we want to test them to make sure they're the right fit for for what we are. But at the same time, we, especially as, as commanders and senior non-commissioned officers, also have an obligation to be smart on how we do it. Right. And so it's always a discussion of that, the balance. Sure, yeah. Now, whether or not that balance got offset, I don't know. I'm not going to critique anybody on that. But I would not put that – I would I would comm- recommend not seeing that through the, through the lenses of some of this culture war crap that's going on, which I think is absolute horseshit. You can say horse shit. Oh, yeah, but, but, but it oh, is. I, I do. Because I know what's going on out there. Yeah. yeah. And, and it is it's it, it is trying to build the best. The, the, the challenge we've got is is manning the force. Sure, yeah, yeah. Um, but that has nothing to do with all this other crap. It has a lot to do with the fact that, one, I don't think enough American families 
talk about these kind of options right. to their children. Yep. And if you go to your average mom and dad and say, hey, would you like your kid to go and join the 25th Infantry Division or, you know, the uh, 8th Marine, 38th mm-hmm. Marine Regiment, you know, most mom and dads are probably going to say no. I mean, mm-hmm. I'll be honest. You know, my, you know, I've got three kids in serving. Mm-hmm. You know, my wife, who's super proud of them, wasn't overnewly thrilled right. to have kids, you know, in harm's way. Um, but people have got to do it. Well, you got to. So, in, in, in the marketing community, women make about 65% of all household purchases. So, when I'm advertising men's products, sometimes I have to talk to the woman and be like, hey, this is good for him. Yeah, I'm convince sure. him of that. The mission has to be just and honorable for parents to be okay sending their children away to war. It has to be. There's no exception to that rule, right? Well, but I, 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 well, I'm not going to disagree with that. Mm-hmm. But I think the actual, for most families, mm-hmm. the, the decision-making point is lower than that. L- lower, I mean, it's more simple that is, I don't want my kids in danger. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's very fundamental for a mom and a dad to think, oh, my kid sure so you have to get over that hurdle first but there weren't a whole lot of parents in world war ii trying to stop their children from signing up right no it was no. kind of seen as a point of honor to go defend liberty it, it, right? I, without question without question so that's I'm, something that needs to be repaired wholesale i i, I, right? I, I, I do not, that's a i agree that 100 percent. and with everything you've seen in this world i want to pivot and switch gears if you don't mind you know about the aliens. They're real. They exist. They're spaceships. We've seen the footage from the Pentagon. Yes or no? I've not seen any footage from the Pentagon. You're lying to my face I'm right not. now. I, 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 those are fighting words. <laughs> what would, okay, so if you had to put money on it in Vegas. Aliens, yes or no? Spaceships. Okay, I'm going to reveal a, a personal secret here. Okay. As a kid. Yep. Maybe 10 years old. Yeah. I saw a UFO. It was Where, where'd you grow up? Bethesda, Maryland. Okay. You know, 15 oh, yeah. miles from here. Um, my dad, God rest him, was an Air Force fighter pilot in Korea War. Um, something woke me up. I went to my window, and outside my window, I could see a green flying saucer, literally a green flying saucer, glowing green like a, like a chem light. Yeah. You know, the green yeah, chem yeah. lights. That color. I was like, whoa. So I went to my dad's, my mom and dad's bedroom. I was waking up my dad. It was, I don't know, it was so dark, 30 in the morning, mm-hmm. some crazy time. And I'm like, Dad, 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 there's a flying saucer out here. You got to come out and see this. And then he's like, God, the hell out of here. You know? <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't let him go. I said, Dad, you got to come see this. So he gets up, and he comes out, and he goes, holy, the first time I ever heard my dad cuss. Yeah. He goes, holy shit. There's a, world, there's a Korean War fighter pilot, yeah. right? And he got on the phone, and, and somehow he knew how to call what we call Reagan National now, but mm-hmm. then National Airport. Yeah. And he said, I want to talk to somebody in the tower. And so dad got a hold of the radio, the radar operators up in the tower of, of national, of the airport. And he goes, hey, here's where I live. He goes, I am seeing a flying green object at about, I forget what dad said, you know, two, 300 feet up in the air. Mm-hmm. Do you have anything on your radar screens? And they're like, we don't know what the hell you're talking about. And then when dad came back, we both watched it just literally lift up and disappear. So... That's a good fucking story. Yeah. A, that, that is embedded in my brain. So I guess my, the short answer is, yeah, I think there's something out there. Yes. Yes. Finally. True. 
But Man. So government official confirms aliens. I believe exactly it's the title right. of this. Take it yeah, to the we'll be clapping <laughs> cheeks in no time, yeah, and right. that I'm amped about. So um, because yeah. everybody's going to ask you about the militaries, and it's, and that's right. all great. But what we really want to know is when we're hanging out with aliens yeah, and or, maybe gambling on a game. Or worse. Oh really? Yeah, no, we don't want the bad side. Yeah. You think there's bad stuff? Oh, hey. hey. Well, it's it's know. a it's a matter of not being able to communicate with them, so you don't know if it's bad or not, so, right? But but yes, That's I do think problem. there's some funky stuff out there. We just don't know yet. Okay, good. But you yeah. haven't seen any of those videos. I have not, honestly, God. I mean, I've seen because the pilots are talking and they're oh, like, I've, "Hey, I've I can't." Most, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. When you have Navy fighter pilots and and career airline pilots, most yeah. of whom were former military. You got to take that seriously. Yeah. yeah, you've got to. They know what they're talking about. They and know what they, you know, when they when they see some object stop in midair and then fly at the speed of heat and disappears, you got to take them seriously. Because with your access, one would think what happened to you as a kid, you would at least ask the question to somebody along the way of like, hey, I think I saw as a kid. What are we What are we dealing with here? Uh, so, yeah, sounds like something good. <laughs> I don't think the agency would even be in charge of anything like that, though. Yeah, I, 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 I mean, I would think historically. I mean, I think Air Force ran Project yeah. Blue. Yeah, they did. Yeah. yeah. So, which kind of makes sense. It does. Yeah. So. Well, they were the they started out. They were in the army back then, right? Back before we lost control yeah. of those bastards. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah 1947. Well, we'll get them back. So <laughs> it'll be good. <laughs> 1947, same year as. Roswell alien oh. crash. Come well, on. You're, you're drawing that connection, man. Not me, I so. think that you've been so. drawing the whole connection, and I'm just pointing it out and to I the just, audience. I've just got you into it. Yes. Yeah. Wow. And that's fine. I didn't know I was that slick. That's totally fine. <laughs> so that's going to be a surprise to many humans out there. Who know me, so <laughs> I promise you. We appreciate you being here today. Yeah, By great. the way, that was no lie. I, I don't think I've ever seen a room just stop nah. and everyone get I up think, out of their seats and come and talk to you. I, so I, I, you, you guys are the drinking bros, right? Yeah. Yes, I think maybe you had a little bit, you know. No, no, no. We've been, we've been boozing. But I'm telling you, we've met everybody you could possibly meet in this world. I've never seen a room that impressed with a, with a human being where they were like, hey, you got to get up and shake okay, this man's I, hand. All right, I'm going to tell you the truth. I owe them all money. Yep. <laughs> That's why. Deep gambling debt. Yep. Deep, 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 deep uh, gambling debt. He's been gambling debts, on yeah. aliens for years. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. exactly. <laughs> on the commanders, yeah, yeah. Well. You got some money. They're doing well now. <laughs> yeah, God love them, man. I, yeah. I've been with this team forever. So. Yeah, we'll we'll hang out and watch the fourth quarter together. We appreciate you stopping by drinking, Ooh, bros. Uh, Thank you great. for everything you've done. Hey, we love doing Cheers. it. Strength and honor. Thank you. up and he says my clap is my clap game's weak yeah in reality your clap is pretty brutal yeah the disease that you have oh uh, well that obviously this is pasha yeah. palanker he's a buddy of mine he was in the uh united states military yeah. so he's like an american success story immigrant joined the military played around in the special operations community now he jumps out of airplanes for a living okay that's the american dream where right? are you from originally moldova Republic of Moldova, right next to Ukraine, between Ukraine and Make Romania. Make sure you keep this thing right here in front of your face. Right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. But most people don't want to leave there. Why did you want to leave? <laughs> Man. Well, it was kind of hectic back then. Oh, was it really? Yeah, yeah. I came here in 96. Any, oh, shit. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You look like a young dude. Sorry, yeah. man. I, I no. thought you were like 22 years old. Uh, I'm 40, 42, almost 42. Wow. Yeah. Holy shit. You drinking yeah. toddler blood? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You mix it though with vodka, little vodka, little, little toddler blood, little spice on the rim. Yep. Yeah. Throw a little triple sec in there. It's good. 
We were you were supposed to jump. Well, not you, but your team was going to jump in today. Yeah. But the weather's all fucked yeah, up. Yeah, we're supposed to jump in, but 25 knot winds, 1100 square foot flags don't don't go well together. And when so. do you find out? Like when do they tell you, hey, we, it's we a no go? We were already down on the field to do. We were on the field ready to shit. collect up the flags. No shit. Yeah. God damn. Yeah. And it's a disappointment, right? Oh, when the announcement made the news, it's like. Fast uh, during halftime show, fast tracks. I thought he was going to announce that we're jumping in. I was like, oh. Yeah. And then he's like, are not going to be able to make the performance. Here's the video of the band. Wow. So you, aside from all the fun shit you're doing, um, are working on a panel or commission to be an advisor to the SEAC, the senior enlisted member of the military on uh, veteran mental health specifically, right? So veteran mental health is something that, I mean, it's a huge part of my life. I was, uh, I was physically wounded twice, both times. Uh, no, go ahead. Both, both times by, by an explosion. Fortunately, I'm still physically healthy enough to where I can jump out of planes. But I was forced to medically retire because of my, my mental health. And... Uh, I'm good now, but I was in that place where suicide, it's not just an option. It's a very real, logical, it's an option that makes sense for everyone, including my wife and four kids. Fortunately, I've been able to pull myself out mm -hmm. of that, and, it, and it's a long conversation on, on how that happens, but I've been outspoken about it, about what I went through, hoping to raise awareness and, and to reach veterans who yeah. are like me, who are struggling right now by themselves. And through my outreach, I was able to get in, talk, in contact with the SEAC, mm -hmm. and he's an amazing, probably like the best leader I've been around with. And he's been very supportive. We've been working together to try and raise awareness. Yeah. Yeah, he's a good guy. I like him. CZ, he's, uh, he's been there for a little while now. Yeah. But he's starting to get a little more, uh, I guess, juice to start doing some shit. Which is nice. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And he's very outspoken himself about his struggles, about what he went through, and encouraging active duty service yeah. members to go out and get the help they need. One of the biggest issues is the stigma, right? I'm yeah. going to lose my job. I'm going to lose my clearance. I'm going to lose all those things. And that's one of the reasons why veterans don't go, or active duty service members don't go out and get help. And he's the one at the forefront breaking all those statements. But it's stupid, though. You wouldn't treat your weapon that way. No. You know what I mean? Like, you, we. this is the point I make in this conversation all the time. We'll go out personally all fucking fucked up and not ready to be doing what we're doing, but you would never do that with your weapon. Does it make any sense? It doesn't, but it's because the mind, like what's going on up in, in your head, it's very easy to neglect. It's much easier to numb, to numb whatever it is you're dealing with and put it off till the next day than, uh, than to deal with it. It's just natural to just numb the pain, look away, and then you don't even think about it. It's, I just got to get through it in the next day. You can't do the same thing. Like if I got shot, I'm not just going to put a Band-Aid on top of it and yeah. not deal with what's going on inside. Yeah. You do that, you leave it for a few years, shit is going to rot. You're gonna Things get are going to get yeah. complicated. Yeah. That's exact, but that's what most of us do with our mind and with our head. And that's what, I mean, it's, it's, I'm so grateful that we're having this conversation. Yeah. It, it's not just veterans. A lot of people in this country struggle. A lot of men, like specifically men, you hear Joe Rogan talking about it. It's, it, it's mind is a tough thing, but it's, uh, 
It's fixable. It's doable. You just got to know that you got to fix it. And why, why do you think the media doesn't talk so much about active military killing themselves versus, you know, you, you always hear the 22-day and veterans and everything else. Why don't they talk about active duty, men and women in the military killing themselves? Yeah, just to be clear, since the GWA began, about 30,500 dudes and women have killed themselves, mm -hmm. and about 7,800 have died in combat. In combat, so yeah. So it's like 4X. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how to answer your question. I'm not, I just don't know. But I know I've been to probably five times more funerals at Arlington for suicide than for combat oh, yeah. fatality. Three it's to one, three to one, yeah. four to one for my for myself yeah. and most of the people I know. It's the same. Yeah. I, I personally think is they, they don't want the outside world knowing what it's like, or else they would lose recruits, lose people coming in. Uh, and it would be a you know a dark cloud over the the entire experience. Whereas they would rather just get people in, do your job, get them the fuck out of there, and then whatever you do after that. But that's you're fucking, on your own. That's fucking stupid. Yeah. And here's why: there's one branch of the military that never has trouble hitting their recruiting goals, and it's the Marine Corps. And all they talk about is how fucking bad it sucks. Everything you hear from a Marine Corps recruiter is like, "You're not good enough to be here. You're a bitch." You know what I mean? And it's like. Fuck you, I'm a bitch. You're a bitch. You know yeah. what I mean? But if you're like, hey, it'll be okay, no, it's not going to be okay. But that's okay, right? It's yeah. your job to go do things where it's not going to be okay. And then there's two things that happen there. One, you're, you hit your recruiting goals, and it's because of two, you attract the right kind of people. Yeah. The kind of people that don't give a fuck about the consequences. They're there for the service. You know what I mean? That's the whole fucking point. Yeah. Yeah, but it's uh, it's strange because he was literally just talking about I think what was it fake news last week? Uh, yeah, when you were going over the numbers the of it and are the military suicide numbers? Yeah, yeah, and I was surprised at how many active duty military because you you never hear about it. Yeah. all you hear about is by the way that number thirty thousand five hundred ish or so mm -hmm. doesn't include the intentional overdoses. They classify those as drug related, mm -hmm. not as suicides now, right? Mm -hmm. So it's way more than that. It's probably five to six to one. And the total number between veteran and active duty suicides a day is more like 38, not 22. Yeah. So, Shit. you know. I also think there's a lot more veterans than there are active duty. Oh, there's quite a bit more, yeah. Right? So, more, yeah. so the numbers, the, that number is much smaller because there's just a lot less active duty. Yeah. Of course. I also think a part of it is active duty, veterans, anybody associated with the military just gets lumped in into one, one group. Yeah. I, think, I think that could be a part of it. So it's good that, you know, we have people that have gone through it that are now getting into positions of authority, like the SEAC, who is a career PJ, by the way. Yeah. SEAC before that, Troxel, career fucking infantry guy. Yeah. We have the right people in these jobs. This is a really important job. So for those who don't know, the SEAC is a senior enlisted advisor to the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. So he's the senior enlisted dude. In the military, basically, except for the sergeant major of the army. I, no, I no, saw. he's on top of them. But They're, he's yeah. he's he doesn't actually command anybody. But no. he's the highest ranking guy. Yeah. So outside of the chain of command, he's the highest ranking guy, and uh, he's lived that life. You know what I mean? He was at the fucking twenty fourth for a while. He's he's done I mean, everything you can do. Yeah, he's a valor award recipient. Yeah. I mean, he's been, and that's the same thing with the SEAC prior to him. So when he says something, mm -hmm. it carries some weight. Yep. And he's taken it upon himself to like make this a big deal again yeah he's breaking the stigma he's raising awareness he's encouraging service members to get help and that's what we need that's what i didn't have like my 
My first deployment was in 2005. That's when I got hurt. For the first five years of me struggling, it was not a big deal. I was just, I was just an angry dude all the time. Yeah. And I didn't have a family. I got into a few altercations that maybe I shouldn't have, but it was like no harm, no foul. About a five-year mark, I realized something is wrong, but it's like, nah, it's just going to go away. But then I got married, started to have kids. Where do, where do you think that anger went? Yeah. It went to my kids. Yeah. And that anger that kept me alive in combat, combined with the multiple head injuries that made me sensitive to light, noise, and movement, with four boys at home, I would get triggered all the time. And they were just boys. They were just doing boy stuff. Just kids, yeah. Kids stuff. But I would lose it and, it, and it would take me right back to that. I had a face-to-face with a suicide bomber when, when I was in active duty. And, like, it was that moment. It's like, do I take action or do I just take cover? And I felt this anger in me unlike anything I've ever experienced. And that anger drove me to, action, to take action. I engaged. I slowed him down just enough to where we passed him, and then he ended up detonating. The problem is I would get triggered at home, and when I would go right back to that moment. I'm face-to-face with a suicide bomber. But I would take it out on my kids. So that would strain that relationship with my kids, with my wife. I would feel guilty. I'd go numb my pain. And that cycle, every day my life would get just a little bit worse. But you don't realize it, that it's happening because it's happening so slowly. But five years go by, I've got terrible habits. My relationships are ruined. And that's, where, that's how suicide happens. That's why it happens. It, the reason why things got so bad for me I did not know what signs, symptoms, what to be aware of, why I should get help. Yeah. And that's what the SEAC is doing. That's what a lot of veterans that are here around us right now, including myself, that's, the, that's why it's so important to talk about so that we catch these younger guys before they get to the suicide point. Yeah. And I hope some of them here today, like on this podcast, oh, yeah. from, through this conversation. For sure. Well, dude, you're an awesome person, man. Uh, is there anywhere that people can go and find you and find out how you help other people and all that yeah. stuff? Yeah. Uh, so I'm on Instagram and LinkedIn. should be pretty easy to find. There's only one of me, Pasha Palanker. Well, I'm going to yeah. create another yeah. profile, obviously, yeah. just so there's another one yeah. of you. And yeah, then, yeah. 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 Yeah, do yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As long as you talk about mental health. You'll, I'll give you permission. Absolutely. Yeah. And sorry again about the jump today. Oh, man. man, that sucks, dude. We'll make it happen another time. You're all boned up, ready oh, to go. Man. And then they're oh, like, you nope. jumped into the Rose Bowl like two yeah. weeks ago. Oh, Last did you really? Week. Last week, we jumped into the Rose no Bowl. No shit. Yeah, UCLA Stanford game. Beautiful, isn't it? That was incredible. That was surreal. California's my, a shithole, but that Rose Bowl, you don't have my to worry God, about the weather it's out beautiful. There. Well, I'm from huh. California. Yeah. And my mom and my brother were on the field as I was coming in and landing. That that gave it so much like meaning to it. Oh, hundred yeah. percent. And like, so I lived there for fifteen years. Dan lived there as well. Mm-hmm. We the the state of California, next to Hawaii, is probably the most beautiful one we have. Best weather weather there is. And then politics and everything yeah. else is fucked oh, up. Yeah, you that go whole drive around LA now. Oh, bro, we were just there and like I got to go back next weekend for like a day. Yeah, me and my wife do for this uh, this thing, and I'm like I'm already dreading it because you drive in. You're going past 90 million, you know, homeless yeah. encampments. It feels like it's never ending. Yeah. Then you get to your place, and then you're stepping over people to get into the place and everything else, and you're just like, God it's damn. Sad. I know. It's sad. It How is. How beautiful that place is. I know. And what politics did to it. I know. 
Well, hey, yeah. thank you for stopping by here today, and uh, we greatly appreciate it. Hey, it was a pleasure. I appreciate you guys having this conversation, mm. and without a doubt, I know it's going to impact somebody's life, and, and, and that could be just enough to keep them going past that suicide point. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and it appears the Redskins yeah. are winning right yeah. now. We're at the end of the third. Yeah. Things are looking yeah. good. We'll yeah. see. Yeah. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. All right. Appreciate it, brother. Thanks, buddy. Anthony, who do we got here today? We have uh, Medal of Honor recipient Matt Williams, not the third baseman from the Giants and whoever <laughs> the fuck else, the Diamondbacks, I believe, as well. Is it weird, though? You guys look identical. It's you and Matt identical. Williams? It's similar, though. Yeah, yeah very similar. Yeah, yeah. Same haircut, everything. How many, home run, in, yeah. how many home runs did you hit? Not, not enough. <laughs> That's why I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> so you've been uh, popping up at a lot of these events. Uh, what are you up to now? Are you still in the military now? I am. Uh, so, yeah, I'm over at uh, First Special Warfare uh, Training Group mm -hmm. as the 4th Battalion S3 Sergeant Major. Okay. Uh, looking forward to taking the battalion as a CSM next summer. Oh, wow. Um, working on making new Green Berets. Yeah, how's that going? So, this is something I wanted to ask. We had General uh, Mulholland earlier, but I wanted to ask somebody who's still kind of in the pipeline about it. The Special Forces organization aside from you know commander and extremist force has been they've had a very specific job for a long time which is like train up local military yeah and it's we you guys have been diverted from that mission a little bit during the GWAT to go do more direct action stuff but it seems like now that that's calming down you're going to get back more into your core mission is that correct it looks that way you know it, as they say history repeats itself right yeah, course, and we were yeah. created for a very specific mission and, and I think now is the that time for that yeah you know, you know I mean we're starting to see it pop up more right? yeah, like, mentor yeah. and, and, and help build you know and, and to free the oppressed right I think uh, the way the world works today we have more opportunity now than we ever have to actually go sure. in and do that job and the lessons we learned from the GWAT are something that to be frank the Green Beret organization knew for a long time you can't win somebody's freedom for them. You can give them the tools and they got to go win it for themselves. That that's was right. the entire point of the special yeah. forces in the first place. Right. right. Yeah. And, you know, that's what drew me to the organization. Yeah. You know, I, I was in college, 9 11 happened. I was looking around at what to do with myself. I knew I needed to serve and, and I did my research and looked at all the special operations communities and, and things like that. And, and the Green Beret specifically stopped me because of that right. reason, right? And then yeah. I, I was very fortunate to hit it at the high point and go, um, you know, to where we're so direct action focused that that was the majority of my career. But I, I understand history. I think that's very important for yeah, us to, for sure. to remember that. Yep. We've had a bunch of Medal of Honor recipients on the show uh, in the past, some of our homies in real life. Uh, one of the things that our audience is most fascinated with is who actually gives you the medal. Right. Who is the president that gave you the medal? Uh, so President Trump. So I actually got the medal in 2019 mm -hmm. um, for an action that took place in 2008. You know, so it was, I was part of the 2016 Secretary Carter uh, initiated a review of all the uh, Valor Awards from the Global War on Terrorism. So you had a Silver Star and I got upgraded? And I did. So okay. I had a Silver Star. The ODA-3336 mm. was awarded 10 Silver Stars for the Battle of Shock Valley, uh, and that took place in 08. What is that, third group? Third group. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, you know, and myself and, and our medic, Ron Schur, we were, for whatever reason, fortunate enough to get upgraded. So we were both awarded by President Trump, him in 18 and me in 19. The reason I always ask is um, some 
previous uh, recipients of the Medal of Honor uh, have taken shit for who the president was that yeah. gives it. Because that photo is it lives forever, right? It and the, the video lives forever. Right. And they're like, oh, shit, you were Obama, whatever. And I was like, no, 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 that doesn't have anything no, to no, do like with this. Like you're a liberal dude. I don't, I don't pick. Right. It's like you're uh, it's Yeah, like, it's crazy though, right? It's, it's like you're a liberal dude and the and the, pre, and the president calls you like, "Hey, I'm going to wait till the next administration." Right, right. Well, yeah. I'm yeah. Yeah, that's the funny thing is like, and, and the people that understand it and it you know, they they understand it's, it's the office and we respect the office of presidency no matter what who, who get, it doesn't matter who's standing up there, right? Yeah. It's still about America. The the office is the highest in the land. At at some point those folks were elected, that's fine. It doesn't really matter. Um you know, but we, we still have to respect and, and dignify the office itself. Sure. You know, if we, if we take that away from it, then what else do we have, right? I so also like that you're It's rocking. silly that people uh, focus on those kind of things, yeah. you know? I agree, and, and Dan and I talk about it all the time. And if you get invited to the White House yeah, in any do? capacity, yeah. you go. Right. That's the president of our country. Right. That's the system we live under, and it's a democracy and everything else. So respect the office. Yeah. You might not like the policies yeah. later on, yeah, and that's I, fine. When I see the athletes turning down the invite... I'm like you're a fucking coward. Yeah. yeah. If you got something to say, go there and fucking say it to the guy's face. Or yeah. go, or I mean, go, don't, don't be a yeah. dick, but go like, hey, sir, ma'am, whomever. I, I here's what I think. Or take part in it in your community. Yeah. Go vote. Yeah. Right. Be be an active member of your community, your society, and, and make it what you think you want it to be. And see how it works. It doesn't really matter, right? But yeah, I mean that's a that's part of the whole thing. It, it, it's it's one of the, you you have to go right. You have to yeah. go. You have to respect the country. You have to respect the office. It's just you know, now privately. Were you amped that it was Trump? Where you were like, "Oh shit, let's go." It, it was fun, right? It was an opportunity to meet a guy um, that's large in life. Yeah, and, and he he was that guy. When I got to meet him, and he met my family. He was very nice and kind, and but he was literally President Trump. Did he order like uh, a bunch of McDonald's for you guys, like no, he did for Clemson no. back in the day? Remember that would have been rad. Yeah, remember Clemson? So, yeah. He just ordered a bunch of fast food for these. Oh, he, he, did, real, he did that for years. Yeah. yeah, he had real White House food, but it yeah. was honestly, it was it's ridiculous. The food's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, McDonald's would have been a pretty baller move too, right? I loved that he. It was so funny, like you never. He, so Clemson went, went to national championship, and then it was the same year you got your Medal of Honor was 2019, right? Yeah, I think so. When they yeah, did yeah. their White House visit. Well, because here's the thing with it is it kind of became a tradition where college kids eating McDonald's like that's a right. whole fun thing and everything yeah, else. Yeah. Uh, and then with Trump himself, um, I've met him and his family numerous times. They couldn't be nicer people, right. and. It, there is this weird aura where he is larger than life, and you're yeah. like, holy shit, it doesn't even feel like a real person. Right. It feels like something else. Yeah. And uh, then you see what's going on today, because I met Biden a um, couple months back, and uh, totally different vibe yeah. all, all the way around. But uh, uh, that's cool, because that, you know, that photo does live forever and every, right. everything else. And then I'm sure you'll have people on the left being like, fuck you. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, I, you know what happens. And it, it's silly, and it. It's unfortunate they don't understand the, the whole system, right? They don't, like I said, this, the action itself happened in 2008. Sure. Right? But I, people don't understand that paperwork takes right. years. Right, right. Years. Because there's people that are in the system now who won't get it for another five, six years right now who've sure. been in for a long time. Yeah. Right, right. Uh, it's wild. What's the wildest encounter you've met uh, along this whole journey going around? Uh, favorite celebrity, anything like that that yeah, kind of blew your mind? A, like. Sometimes people see that shit and they're like, "Oh, so it's it's it, 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 it's it, actually." It, uh, yeah. So I'll, I'll tell you a story. It's not it's not like a wild encounter. I I'm kind of weird. I I appreciate the opportunity to meet whoever I can and do whatever I can and represent the veteran community in any forum I have the opportunity to. But probably the wildest encounter I've ever had where the medal 
um, was in Charleston, North Carolina, or South Carolina, excuse me. Uh, we were down there for a convention, um, and my wife, myself, and our baby in a stroller were on the elevator. And a lady walked into the elevator, and I'm wearing a suit in the metal. And she looked at the metal and kind of glanced at it and looked down and looked around. And she looked up and said, um, excuse me, are you a sommelier? <laughs> and I, I, I swear to God. Isn't the sommelier a cluster of grapes, though? So, I didn't know that they had an, I didn't know they had an adornment yeah, yeah, like yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> And I, I just looked at her and said no, and and my wife can't handle it. Like she needs people to know what it is, what it's about. And she told me, no, it's the Medal of Honor. And she's like, oh, okay, that's good. And and she's the lady still didn't know what it was. And and she's like, okay, cool. And like we got the elevator and we left. Well, she, we exit the elevator and we walk out, and there's a room full of Medal of Honor recipients. There's, you know, we're all there. There's probably 15 of them in, in town. Yeah. And we're all wearing the medal and. You know, I think this lady got educated that evening. Um, hopefully, she went and looked it up and, and appreciates it. Maybe I don't know, but I told the guys as soon as I got the elevator, I told some of the recipients, "Like, listen, I, I win. Like, it's over. I I win the dumbest question I'll ever be asked while wearing the Medal of Honor." And, and I told them the story, and they're like, "That's yeah, you." That's but it. the beauty of it is, if you would have said, uh, "Ma'am, I'm a Medal of Honor recipient," but yeah. also, I think a Pino would go well, well with what that you. Was, yeah, what, of like, course. Everybody's like, "Would you would you recommend the barefoot or the you know, whatever?" So I was like, I, 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 "Unfortunately, I'm not that quick." I guess. Yeah. How long you been in, by the way? Uh, 17 years. Holy shit! Yeah. So you're you're going for 20. You're going for the retirement. I will, and everything yeah, else? Yeah. yeah, I'll do at least my 20 and, and see how the you know see what the future holds. But that's that's the plan right now. The thing that we always ask on this show is, uh, uh, how has the military changed? You know, after being in for 17 yep. years, uh, when you started versus what it is now, uh, what do you think is the biggest change that you've seen? Yeah. Uh, I've actually had this conversation a lot lately with with friends that are all about you know my my peer group, and it's it's interesting because it's, the military has changed, the country's changed, the world's changed, and it's a it's a cultural shift. I think that. You know, 20 years is a long time, and, and understanding that and how to deal with it is probably, you know, that's where leadership actually comes from. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think the military is riding the same wave that the country's on, and it, it is what it is, right? And, and there's people that are embedded in the military now, there's people in the country now that, that are going to have to understand these shifts and what they mean and, and how to take hold of those and actually lead them, you know, to a reasonable future. Um, yeah, I agree. I say the same thing. Like, just because you don't agree with somebody's summary of events or their action after, doesn't mean that they weren't correct and spotlighting something, right? right? You can't just dismiss something immediately just because you don't agree with the the crazy way they took it. Right? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you still yeah. have to like, like, hey, you're right. There's a problem, but here's a more reasonable way to fucking solve this right. and not going absolutely out yeah, of mind 100%, about it. Yeah. That, yeah. But that's leadership, and that's yeah, something that is in short supply in America these days. Right? It is. Um, and it's, you know, hopefully, I mean, and even guys like you willing mm-hmm. to, to put on a, a show like this and just have open discussion to talk yeah. about these kind of things, like, well, this is what we need. We need, we need people to understand there's, that the country resides on, on human beings' ability to lead mm-hmm. and, and go the right direction, right, mm-hmm. and go on the right path and understand why our country's founded, what it means, and, and how to live for yeah. it, uh, as opposed to take it for granted, which... I Most people do a lot, right? Yeah, yeah, a lot today. But that's kind of what today was about. Salute to service by the. No, it's been awesome. It's yeah, good. Yeah. You do a lot of these events, in this uh, with the team and shit like that. So that's been good. It's been good to see you around and stuff. 
Um, and this has been a great show today. We had Mulholland on, General Absolutely. Yeah, He's kind legend. of a legend. Yeah, about yeah. Not just in the SF he, community, he but also in the Intel community. Yeah. And then we'll close it out with you. This is the point in the show. We get to the yep. Drinking Bro of the Week, which is someone who has inspired you or helps you become the person you are today. Uh, Matt Williams, who would you like to give the Drinking Bro of the Week to? Uh, so I'm going to be... Uh, I probably the same as most people, I hope, but I'm going to have to go with my dad. Mm. Uh, so my father, who uh, unfortunately just passed away a few weeks ago, uh, he made me the man I am today for sure, 100%. You know, he taught me about work ethic, hard work, uh, living for your friends, taking care of people. Um, you know, and the, the Q course, Becoming Green Bray, taught me a lot of things, but a, a lot of that was inherent to how I was raised, and I, and I couldn't be more grateful for that opportunity. Was he there at the White House with you at least? He was, yep. And that's got to be an unbelievable feeling. Yeah. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Yeah. Uh, cheers. I'm sorry to hear about your father. I appreciate it. Um, but uh, it's been great having you on the show. Uh, you did the coin toss here today. You did. Um, who won the coin toss? Uh, so the Vikings lost coin toss, deferred to the Redskins. Mm hmm. And uh, unfortunately, the game did not go that way. I was going to say, yeah, yeah. you think it was you? It probably was. Because <laughs> they lost. Yeah, I mean, they just lost I'm the not game. I'm for my luck. <laughs> they lost in the last second yeah. field goal. Wait, yeah. let me look and right I don't want to say it was you, but I want to say no, it was you, you know? Yeah. It, it probably was. <laughs> I like how you say you're not known for your luck. It's probably you. <laughs> how many Purple Hearts you got? None. None. So you are known for your luck. Well, I don't consider that luck. Not everybody gets I, I the medal without I, I, getting the Purple Heart to go along with that's it. That's true. Right? Yeah. <laughs> right? It, might yeah. been, it might have been luck. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. It might have been that. Um, right place, right time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, just don't do it for the Bills yeah. this year. I got money on the Bills to win the Super Bowl, so I'd appreciate it, Matt. <laughs> Sit that one out. Right on, right on. If you will. Uh, we appreciate you being here. For D'Anthony D'Anthony Holloway, I'm Ross Patterson. This is the Drinking Bros Podcast. Good night, everyone. credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. 